Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Super Show podcast, episode number 113. I'm your host for this week, Jamie, and joined, I am, like a Yoda kind of style thing, this week. Very glad I am <laughs> oh God, it's a to be able already. to... Sl- fuck it. Um, no, keep it going, keep it going. It's Chris, he's here. Hello, everybody. It's, why is it always like, the first words that are the, the hardest? Hey, hey, hey. It's, it's, it's like when you... If you're with a sexy lady... And yeah. the you know the the first button on the the jeans or the first hook on the bras is the hardest. You fumble, you stumble, <laughs> but you get over it. You carry on, and then after that, it's 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 plain sailing to fuck town. So let's just get on with well, it, man. I, you know what the the depressing thing is? I'd actually rather at this stage talk to a woman than say the first words of a podcast. That's the point <laughs> that I've gotten to in my podcasting career. One hundred thirteen episodes of this shit, and I can't string a sentence together. And, well, I mean, at least, and not until the first sentence of the podcast is done. Then it's usually kind of like with your analogy, plain sailing. Like if we were to cross the analogies and maybe combine them together, like once I've gotten the button opening out the way, and once yeah. the bra's unhooked, I'm like, it's up the ass inside the first thirty <laughs> seconds. Like God, raw, raw dogging it, no Vaseline, ice cube style. Wow, fucking hell. But, uh, maybe um, we we got to start an exercise then, Jamie. It's like uh, in, instead of just doing like a standard intro, which we usually do, maybe you just got to like blurt something out, like a little bit like Tourette style or something. I don't know, or, or maybe <laughs> just rap some verse or something. I don't know. Whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. You know, Jonesy when he was around. All right, Pete. Not not actually. He's, he's <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy's alive and I mean, well. The the, the, soil, the soil's not even uh, settled yet, and you're already kind of calling him out. Come on, man. Well, he, he, for anyone wondering, hopefully, in fact, I don't even want to say hopefully he'll be back next week. So I don't want to put pressure on him, but hopefully he'll be back next week. And he's not dead. Important clarification. Um, but when he was around, which I, I'm still going to use that terminology because it just sounds kind of <laughs> ominous in a way that I enjoy. He used to reference the Joe Rogan experience quite a lot and about yeah. how they would start, I suppose you'd call it in media res, and he would just be in the middle oh, of, the, cool. of the story. And I, I fucking hate that. I honestly you know what I, I hate that. Okay. No, and, and you know what? Like um, the official podcast, um, Charlie uh, Moist Criticals yes. podcast, they kind of do it as well, where it's almost like they start mid-word sometimes, and then they're almost like, all right, so who's going to do the intro? And then they, they basically do the stuff that we do before we actually start the edit oh, or right. you know, the okay. cut of the thing. See, and it, it kind of, it's okay at points, but it also grates me at other times. Yeah, I get you. I think there is a slightly more structured, maybe even scripted way of doing it that can occasionally be good for laughs. I always remember that bit. Did you ever see The Other Guys, the uh, Will yeah. Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg movie? Classic There's a scene, uh, Rob Riggle, who's one of the other uh, cops in the department, uh, there's a scene where they cut to him and he's mid-story and he's like, well, what do you think I did? I took the noose from around my neck and I got out of there. Ah, well, what are you going to do, you know, bar mitzvahs? And it's like, oh, okay, that's a great bit of comedy. Probably works yeah, better if yeah. you're just watching the movie, watching it performed by the legend himself, Rob Riggle, as opposed to hearing me repeat it. But I mean, fair. Also, to be fair, if Jonesy was editing this, in, instead of starting at mid-sentence, he just ends at mid-sentence. True, actually, yeah. And then you have to listen to the audio version of this podcast, which is available on all major podcasting platforms to get the full, unbridled, uncut, unfiltered, uncensored version of this very podcast. A podcast, Chris, ostensibly about video games. I don't know if you've heard. Sometimes. Well, we can't make any promises, but I will actually butt that trend by making a promise today. We will talk about at least one video game. I don't know which one it will be, but it will be at least one. 
Well, I do have the Elden, the, the weekly Elden Ring hour coming up. So, oh right, result. okay, Chris, how do you feel about the word discourse? <laughs> because <laughs> we'll find out, buddy. Yeah, I bet we will. Um, and if you want to find out, then keep on listening and or watching because that's right, you can do both. You can listen, as I already mentioned, on podcasting platforms like Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, or you can watch on YouTube. And if you're over there at the moment looking at us, first of all, hi, it's great to have you here. Second of all, like the video, leave a comment, subscribe, because those things I've heard are all positive metrics in the overall YouTube game. A game that we're not really playing, Chris, but we still have to follow the rules. I I will say one thing, though. Go on. And it's it's maybe the first time in multiples of months, Jamie, where in the last 28 days, according to our metrics, we are up five subscribers, which means oh, it's been a long time. Because we've been, we, we, we got to like just over 6,000 subscribers and then it started dropping a bit. Um, yeah. Like consistently for a number of months. Not like major, like we'd lose like, I don't know, we'd lose like one or two subscribers a week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's dropped already. I'm just looking at the analytics now. Uh, only... Only plus two subscribers in the last 28 days. So um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, okay? Obviously, we've reached the saturation point to what we're available to do. So uh, I'm okay well, with it. You know, like, it is what it is. Like you said, we, we haven't been playing the game. We don't play the YouTube game because we got a bit burnt out about the, the fucking we did. YouTube game, right? And also because the YouTube game makes no fucking sense. If there was a sport where there were contradictory rules and referees didn't enforce them <laughs> in a consistent way, people would get very frustrated with that sport. And I saw a tweet this week, actually, which I almost forwarded it to you because mm. I feel like every now and then you and I have a good chat about YouTube and how fucking confusing it can be. And it was yeah. a tweet from a guy who had started, you know, <clears throat> on his YouTubing journey, shall we say. It wasn't massive, but I think he'd made it to... It was either seven or nine thousand subscribers, at which point he reached Decent. a plateau and it started to fall off. And then he started to actively lose subscribers. And so he was like, Well, this is annoying. I think, you know, whatever it is, whether it's me or my content, something's not working. I'm losing subscribers at 9K. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Stops uploading. Months pass. All of a sudden, something gets picked up by the algorithm. He's tweeted, he puts out a tweet like, So, yeah. I haven't uploaded a video in six months, and I'm, and I'm gaining subscribers. I was losing subscribers when I was uploading. So, you know, figure that one out. Unpack it. See, this, this is why I want to get my hands back onto ATG. <laughs> right, yeah. And then, I mean, who knows what we could do if we had a brand like that back in our possession. The possibilities are limitless. Hey, listen, the only brand we need now is Super Show, okay? Just wait for that merch, Jamie. Wait for that merch. It's going to... Set the world I'm, on fire. I'm, I'm putting it out there as my, like, karmic splooge out into the universe, okay? I am working on new logos, which will then translate into merchandise, which people can buy. And I'm going to do yeah. that. I'm going to do that soon. Hopefully, when I, when I kind of, like, I'm, I'm transitioning between jobs at the moment. So right. there's going to be a gap in between, and I'm hoping to utilize that gap in between to do two things, Jamie. Yeah. Sort out, sort out graphics and merch for, for Super Show. Is number one. Okay. And number two, sort out on screen alerts for my Twitch because I'm Ooh, a lazy wee. fuck and I haven't done it in like what I've been streaming for like two years now, maybe. I'm going to abuse know. the shit out of that. Like, if I have one recommendation, is make sure the alert, if there is any, for like a one bit donation is not that grand or loud or long because you're going to get a shitload of one bit donations when I'm in town. Can I, can I tell you what I've, I've thought of? That's the only thing that I've kind of figured out is, is the bits donation element of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, a GIF, but attached with. I mean, it 
it's going to be a little video that plays. Okay, but it's going to be a GIF and some audio, blah, 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 whatever. But can you guess what it, what it would be? Knowing me and uh, what, what I would think would fit a GIF yeah. for. Uh, so there's going to be a tier of donations. At oh, no, which... I'm, I'm thinking like, it oh, it's, 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 it's one a level. Or if it's a million. Oh, I was yeah, going to yeah. say, because if it was scalable, if you were going to do different GIFs for different levels of donations, one of them was going to be, it's a, that's a lot of nuts. Now, Have I got it? Yeah, that's the one. There we go. We worked together but, for too long. But, yeah, because I, I don't know if you've actually seen that video clip. I mean, I did drop it in a couple of ATG edits, but it's, it's just just a, a, an Asian guy with a ba- really bad English dub going, that's a lot of nuts. Yeah. I, I don't even I, know what film I, it was from. Kung Pao into the fist. But I think what makes it even funnier would be those one-bit donations. Oh, right, because it's... Because it's not a lot of nuts, Jamie. Yeah, definitely not a lot of Therein lies the comedy. It's like 0.001 penny in your back pocket, but... um, But, hey, that's a lot of nuts. That's a lot of nuts. I also just, before we move on from uh, what Mm. you plan on doing in that little bit of downtime, I was actually going to make a joke when you were talking... as well as a lot of masturbation. Did I oh, I mean, that's inevitable. I don't know why you're not doing that already, really. Who needs downtime? I am like, right now. Okay, well. I mean, the, one you could see one hand, but the other hand is... I also like how far away your left arm looks. Which, like, you're giving the impression that you've just got like a, like a three-foot dick. And well, like, you know what? It, it does that curve, bro, like uh, all okay. the way to the side. Bit of a boomerang effect going on. Yeah, so sometimes, like, if there's no, no kind of like pedestal to kind of like rest your arm on, I just kind of like... You know? Oh, right. Okay. I get it. Like you're using it for support. Yeah. That makes, it makes, I w- it's something I wish I could do, like a tripod kind of effect. Like yeah. when your legs are feeling a bit heavy and you, you've been standing up for a long time. I get it. Yeah, but like don't, when you're visiting get, a museum. Yeah, but don't get me wrong, Jamie. It's not because uh, I have an exceptionally large penis, like a horse. No, it's not. It's just that I have really, really tiny legs, like a little frog. Yes. I, w- I would love that if that was one of the big twists of the Super Show is that you somehow, like, you, you didn't have legs, your feet were just attached to your waist. <laughs> and they were like little penguins, you know, like penguins, like they're just like these little yeah. things that flip out from under the your torso. Hey, bro, Be- Benefotti's getting over it. What do you think that dude looks like? I don't know. I in, see- in the pot, you know, like, yeah, who's just a torso in a pot, but like, he must have legs there. I've never really thought beyond the pot. That's actually a good name for a sequel. Beyond getting over pot. it with Benefotti, beyond the pot. Man. We might be owed some royalties there if that goes uh, far enough. And speaking of royalties, the other thing I was going to say was that, because you mentioned merch, Super Show merch, and I, yeah. I was going to make a very unsavory joke about how that would look like some basic pieces of clothing with an SS on it, which people might struggle wearing in public. And then I realized you've made the uh, the bold choice of coming on a podcast that's going to get put online just with a, with a strong Z on your shirt and nothing else. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted I to, even... I just wanted to sort of do a little tip of the hat to you, Chris, because you're really, you know what? In this, what so many people aren't afraid are afraid to stand up for what they believe in, and clearly you're not one of them. You know, I'm not here to question your morals Jesus or your virtues. Christ, it's Ed Zelda. Okay, <laughs> this is the breath of the wild thing. I, it didn't even occur to me. I, I want to kind of cover it up now. You and all those gymnasts, <laughs> Chris. You're starting. Should I just, to... should I just cover it? Yeah, I'm coming up like you, this. You know, you just look like you're doing the national anthem for the entirety <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you've broken me. I'm sorry. I, like for what it's worth, because I know you've probably done things. You've been out and about. You've you know picked up and dropped off kids and all that stuff. I doubt anyone else's head went to the same place mine did. 
You probably oh, don't look like you're supporting uh, the actions of Russia. That's really funny. Can, can I tell you another funny thing? Um, yes. I was creating some some graphics for a potential Snapchat show for uh, my current my current job, and the color scheme I went for was like really kind of like not not my usual thing, like something kind of like bold and not what I really go for. And the color scheme was like really bright blue and yellow. Oh, and it was okay. and it was only two days ago that I realized that effectively what I've done just done is used the Ukraine flag colors. It's like, totally. well, I, that, that probably needs to change that as well because we don't want to get, you know, like, yeah. like I, I support Ukraine in, and all that and, you know, like fuck Putin. But, you know, you, you, you kind of don't want to get that association going. No, but yeah, now it's probably um, one of those times where maybe, like, I don't know. It, it, it's a difficult subject to wade into with any real vigor, uh, which is why I said I, I admired the jumper. I actually think it's a bold well, choice. I respect it. it. Yeah. Um, uh, but but on, on merch with a really lazy just kind of SS on it, the reason yeah. why we haven't done it is exactly for that reason. And you know how long I've been agonizing trying to figure out, like, a, a decent way of just doing yeah. Super Show or some oh, like, form of it that doesn't look like fucking Nazi. I don't envy you. It's just <laughs> one of those things where, like, you say the word Super Show, no one bats an eyelid. You put two S's together and everyone's like, eww. Oh. They're not sure what to yeah. do. And, yeah, it yeah. turns out whether you know, it's horizontal or vertical or diagonal or, you know, no matter what Chris <laughs> does to try and make it not look like the SS logo, we uh, although that same picture. Although, come on, that, that last logo, that, that the draft that I sent you, that's pretty... We're getting there. We're getting there. We just need yeah. people to have that disconnect. We just need people to stop. We need. It's like that Jay Z song. A Jay Z song. A Nazi state of mind. You need to get out of the Nazi state of mind, and then you well, won't it, see. It doesn't the help when the, the colors that we chose for Super Show are black and red. Yeah, Jesus Christ. We now yeah. we just. We, I'm glad we stopped short of having strands of content called like Blitzkrieg and Luftwaffe and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Game Commandant. Yeah. Welcome to the to the to to video game Blitzkrieg. It's where we review uh re- review games so quickly it's like a flash of lightning. <laughs> Yikes. Um <laughs> when we review games, uh, that's good or it makes me furious. Yes. Yeah. When it comes Let's to your prefer- on, <laughs> preference of PlayStation 5 or Xbox One Mein Kampf soul. Get it? Like console but camp yeah, do you know what? That's enough. Na- We're going to leave the Nazis there. As I'm going to make Hold an executive on. request I, I, as host. But before we do, though, legitimate question: How much longer talking about this kind of stuff do we need to do until we get cancelled? Just curious. <sighs> We're already on a list, I think. But the thing is, you like cancelling is like a to and fro. It's like a balancing act, right? Which is mm, that, like, mm. it's like imagine taking someone that's worth nothing and never had any money and never had any savings and doesn't have any real anything of value to their name and telling them they're bankrupt. Like imagine going up to a homeless individual and telling them they're bankrupt. That would be the equivalent of cancelling us. It's like, well, like you said, 5,000 subscribers and shrinking now are like <laughs> going to have to ask themselves deep down whether or not they really want to engage with this podcast. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like we, like, we, we, we tow the line. We tow the line. And that's probably what some Nazi said back in the day. But at the end of the day, we're just talking about nah, video they, games. They just, they just goose-stepped the line, buddy. So. Oh, yeah. Like the, I, I, yeah. Will say, I will say this, though. Whenever we were kind of wondering like, if we've ever pushed it too far, not so much in Super Show days, but definitely uh, all-time gaming, we always said to ourselves, 
well, we don't take our, like, we, we, we were self-deprecating. We still are self-deprecating. And we always kind of like said, you know, we make jokes about these things, but mainly because we just joke about ourselves. And like, if every, if, if you are fair game, everything is fair game in a way. And I, yeah. I, I like to, I like to think that kind of sticks true, especially when there's no like malicious intent behind anything that we say or do. No, there never is. And you know, one of the great list, litmus tests we've got for that, it has been by our side since almost the beginning, is Paisley Radio over at paisleyradio.com who take this pro- pro- product, believe it or not, and broadcast it across the internet waves at paisleyradio.com at Thursdays and 10 p.m. And real-life humans can indeed, of their own volition, enter that URL, tune into this very broadcast, and hear us say the things we're saying. And again, like, I haven't been arrested, I haven't received a letter or an email, I haven't received no formal complaints. Yeah, so again, Nicholas Sturgeon has not been in contact, so that's very good. No, exactly. I, I don't believe any of us have uh, achieved persona non grata status in Scotland as of yet. Super Show Podcast Gamers Unite. Is that our, our spot on, um, on Paisley that's Radio? That's our spot on Paisley Radio, baby. For anyone listening to the audio version of this, either on a podcasting platform or indeed on Paisley Radio, <laughs> uh, Chris just pulled up the website on his phone. Because it's, um, it's literally on right now. It's on at the time that we record. Yeah. So. But then, Chris... That's an important cue there we've been given by Paisley Radio because when it comes to the Super Show podcast, gamers do indeed unite, but gamers often unite to hear us as gamers talk about video games. So why don't we talk about a video game? Yeah, I mean, that's why we're here, right? Yes, we are. (laughs) So I've heard. (laughs) Supposedly. Um, And you know what? I thought I'd start us off with a bit of a doozy. You know, a game that has a potential to cause shockwaves around the industry, a game that's going to generate a lot of chatter around the world, some positive, some negative, and I thought that you were uniquely positioned to bring on and to discuss this game, not just because you know so much about it, but because there's so much about it that you're not allowed to tell us, and what better way to <laughs> podcast is there than by essentially doing stuff in a position where you're uh, NDA'd or otherwise contractually not allowed to say the shit you actually know. Um, <laughs> great. Um, I'm talking right, about Overwatch yeah, cool. 2. Overwatch 2. Yay, yes. great. The, the, the game that the world has been waiting for, really. Um, yeah. You know, now, now that we... There's been, there's been some news, Jamie, and now that there's been some news, you know, COVID is over. Um, you know, wars are all cancelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Overwatch 2 is here. Yeah. By all accounts, so there you go. And there was a bit of a news blast this evening at the time of recording. And I will say, and again, I this isn't necessarily a positive or a negative thing. It's just a factual thing that hearing Overwatch 2 being talked about in such a way that makes it tangible, something that we, or indeed others around us in the gamosphere, might soon be able to play in one form or another, it makes it more real. And when it becomes more real, it becomes at least a little bit more exciting, no matter where you stand on Overwatch 2 in general and how much of a need there actually is for it uh, at this point in time. So um, a couple of things they mentioned this evening as as Blizzard came out to start to wade into the future of Overwatch 2 we did get confirmed this evening that there will be new content arriving for the game on a regular basis, which, again, I feel like that's something that the first one had on a at least a semi-regular basis, perhaps not as, rel- uh, as, as regular <laughs> yeah, as it, some other <laughs> titles have since, you know, proven can it, be done. Until they announced Overwatch 2 and then they just completely stopped making shit for Overwatch yeah, 1. Which is and, the and weird they, thing, yeah. Yeah, and what they didn't touch on is how this would relate to overwatch one because the initial plan was hey everything that's coming to overwatch two except for the pve is coming to overwatch one mm-hmm. and like that that's still a big question mark if, they, if that's still 
a thing because perhaps uh, the people that made the decisions back then pretty much gone. You know, they may well either, be gone, yeah. either left in, in the case of uh, Jeff Kaplan or uh, got cancelled in the case of 95% of that team. <laughs> Capro, not 95%, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, well, I, I always when it comes of, to senior and management staff, it might be yeah, right, exactly. But, but I always kind of feel that like Overwatch 2, we, you know, not hiding behind the fact that we have kind of criticized the before on this channel and that we're not going to stop now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, let, let the product come out and speak for itself, then we can change our minds. But it, it's still kind of a head scratch as to why this needed to happen in the first place. And I almost feel that like it was announced, there were plans for it. Those people that were responsible for those plans left mm-hmm. and the people who kind of filled in that gap, filled in the void, were kind of left with this entity that they didn't really know or know what to do with or how to implement it. And I feel that they've just been kind of trundling along. That's why, yeah. you know, like it's been all this crazy stuff, of, especially with the Overwatch League, like what's happening with the Overwatch League? Oh, this year they're playing on Overwatch 2. But how can they play with Overwatch 2 if they're saying that Overwatch 2 is going to be delayed to next year for general public release? And then it's like, oh, well, they'll just play on a beta fucking version. Blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it's a, it's, it's a big mess. But at least there's some solid stuff here and coming sooner than people might have thought. Indeed, yeah. On that note, actually, PvP testing was, will start this week. Um, the first PvP alpha is only going to be limited, though, to Blizzard employees and to professionals. So if you're an Overwatch amateur, yeah. then just stop listening <clears throat> now, stop reading now, because you, look, it's too soon for you. You're going to get your turn, yeah. but let the pros get in there first. Yeah, remove a rib and go suck your dick. Yes, yeah. you're not you're not getting in, buddy. Which again, like I, I don't want to take I don't want to take too many cynical stances on this game because you want to give it a fair shake. You want to give it as much rope as it has earned. But it is always one of those things when I see PvP Alpha limited to pr- uh, professionals and bl- uh, Blizzard employees. We're talking about the people who are on both ends of the spectrum, either the most familiar with this game they can possibly be on planet Earth, or the best at this game as they can possibly be <laughs> on planet Earth. And is that really how you balance a game for public release? But then, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know jack shit about QA or balancing in general. So what the fuck yeah, do I know? I, I guess it's, you're right. Uh, it's probably not how you balance it, but I guess it's definitely how you how you can expose flaws, right? Like whenever there's a meta in any competitive game, the pros pick it apart the quickest and find what the new meta okay. is. And by finding what the new meta is, is when you figure out what works, what doesn't, and what's broken. Yeah. Um, so that's probably how they're looking at it. But also, like I said, they needed to get the ball rolling because fucking Overwatch League is starting like fucking imminently. Yeah, and and it's kind of like, you know, these pros that have to scrim before they get into any matches. How are they going to get into matches if the game's not fucking there? True, like I, I playing a video game does necessitate a video game more often than not. <laughs> yeah. I also like that you uh, you got a little get the ball rolling joke in there. Get it because that hamster guy and um, the yeah bull. See, I know Overwatch. I'm down with the kids. McCree is he still called that? No, no. <laughs> shit, <laughs> fuck. It's not high noon I- anymore. I guess. <laughs> it was signing and that got him into trouble so yeah. yikes um but hey if you listen to that and you're a little bit disappointed because you wanted to get your hands on this game sooner rather than later Damn. you probably won't have to wait too long chris i've got some good news because there will be a pvp beta in april mm. that more players will be welcome to some of which presumably will be drawn from the public such as you and i decent yeah but you've got to sign up for it first and it's only available on pc which, right. which is fair which is fair like 
uh, I guess the the Battle.net launcher, if that's still a thing. I don't know. I haven't played a fucking Blizzard game in fucking ages. But um, God, good question. I think they might be phasing it out, but that might be a long time coming. I don't know because there's there's uh, weird Microsoft shit built into all of yeah, this. Yeah, but stuff I, at some I, point. I don't know. I I would imagine actually that Microsoft just absorbs into Battle.net because I think the infrastructure in Battle.net has been yeah a lot of money has been thrown at it. But anyway, um, <clears throat> there there is a, a beta opt in option in Battle.net, and that's like across all their games, and you kind of tick which games you're interested in beta. Um, It's not necessarily that. You have to go to the Overwatch 2 fucking website and click opt-in and blah, blah, blah. I didn't do it, so maybe it does just take you to to that section on Battle.net. But, yeah, Yeah. you know, like, it it is what it is. And and I will will say this much. um, If you're interested in it, just give give it a chance. Like, if I go back to the, weirdly enough, the Elden Ring network test, uh, before the game launched and when I was telling people that I got into the network test, they were like really bummed out that they didn't get in. And I was like, oh shit, okay, well, did you apply? And they're like, no. Right, I was yeah. like, well, okay. Like, I legitimately think if, if more people applied to that um, network test, more people would have gotten in because that, that's just kind of the vibe I get. Um, yeah. So yeah, like like the lotto, you've got to be in it to win it. So if you want to get in, then get in. Indeed. And yeah, while I feel like the PvP element of Overwatch 2, which is what will exclusively be on display in the upcoming alpha and beta, is maybe not the the most unknown quantity out there. Like, I feel like the PvE elements also have plenty of questions to ask. We do have a little bit more information about what will be awaiting the PvP component of Overwatch 2, not necessarily just in the, the uh, upcoming alpha and beta, but also just in general. Uh, so there's been talk about how <coughs> Uh, Overwatch 2 is a 5v5 game now. That was sort of a somewhat controversial uh, announcement when that was first made, I remember. Um, We can expect... Uh, Sorry. Because it was previously 6v6, right? Right, yes. Um, And especially in terms of Overwatch League, uh, it was quite contentious when they said, no, we're dropping to 5v5. Because if you think about it this way, all these teams had these players to cover six slots on their team. Yes, and now and now all of a sudden Blizzard is saying, "Well, you got to get rid of one slot because you you got to bench someone." <sighs> yeah, which is slightly uncomfortable. You know, and, and yeah, and then and then it's like because it was a whole unknown thing of when it was going to take place, etc. You know, was Overwatch League twenty twenty two going to be on Overwatch two? Does that mean that it was going to be on five v five? And with that uncertainty, a lot of teams were unsure if they wanted to renew contracts for a lot of players at the end of last year. Yeah, which. Again, it's just indicative of the complicated and messy scenario that surrounds games like these as opposed to just, you know, the game itself. Like, it's it's one thing being a consumer waiting for a game to come out and being uncertain about whether or not you're going to like it and how much you're going to play it and are you going to buy it and so on and so forth. But sometimes there's a, there are careers in the balance over shit like this and delays and uncertainties and changes in metas and mechanics. and like Because that's, like you said, like 6v6 to 5v5 in a sort of a, a potentially like role and character and hero-based game like Overwatch, it can have a dramatic impact on composition to the point where it might not even be a skill question that eliminates someone's relevance from a team. It might be just that, like, hey, the way 5v5 works out in terms of how many you know characters, characters of a type that you want in each team, like, actually, we want one less support character, and you might be better than someone else on the team, but because we don't need that mercy now, or whatever the fuck she was called, <laughs> like you're you're out. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, it 
Overwatch, man. Yeah. It, 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 it's its own fucking thing onto itself, so. It is. And I will just also say, sort of rounding up the announcement of new things that are on the way, there's a new hero called Sojourn. Sojourn? Sojourn? Maybe? Sojourn, yeah. Yeah, we'll find out. Someone will say it on a stream at some point, and we can copy <laughs> what they said from that point on. There'll be four new maps, a new mode called Push, and there are also some hero reworks to be expected in the future for Arisa, Doomfist, Doomfist uh, Bastion, and Sombra. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Jamie... No, there's a joke in there somewhere, buddy. Doom <clears throat> about doom fisting someone. Yeah, I don't want to think about fisting right now because I read a very uncomfortable uh, Reddit confession, uh, for want of a better way of putting it, earlier today, about a dude who met uh, a slightly older lady online for some. I'm not even going to say uh, for a romantic engagements, for hot and heavy engagements of the <laughs> filthy variety, and he was basically. Uh, fisting her, um, not even fisting her ass, just fisting her regularly, and she shit herself while he was doing it. Um, oh, and how does that um, happen? I don't know. I think it might have been like a euphoric kind of like, oh my god, that was so amazing that everything's happening at once, and oops, I shit myself moment. But that's why the you know the the name hit Doomfist isn't sitting that well with me or my dinner right now. Fair, yeah, fair. Um, it's all- okay. And <laughs> <laughs> I was saying. Uh, Wait, were you going to talk about Overwatch or are you going to... Yeah, Overwatch. Because I was actually I was going to make an observation as well, which is, again, as someone who hasn't really thought about Overwatch that much, basically since launch, which is coming up on, I think, six years ago now, as crazy right, as yeah. that is to believe, um, the idea that a Bastion rework is still kind of like a headline feature or like something to look forward to. In a, like I remember when Bastion was being reworked while I was playing this game six years ago, and it feels like you must have this as well with Dota. We've gotten so used to this idea with you know free to play games and live service games that hero reworks are that, that, that's a patch note that's not a sequel so it is a bit unusual oh, when that's yeah, sort of totally like an good. above the board feature yeah yeah that's like that's like a uh, a high numbered patch mm-hmm. would get hero reworks you know not not like your like whatever point whatever C patch right. you're sure. talking about like full on numbers yeah and I, yeah, it 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 is strange and like I think there's going to be more hero reworks that are going to happen because obviously again if you <clears throat> if you take away the composition of 6v6 and go 5v5 then obviously some characters are going to need to start pulling their weight a bit more and have a wider plethora of skills or fill in the vacuums of certain roles that are are left by just removing a num- number of people on a team composition. It's interesting. Mm. Um, I mean, fuck, man. I don't know. Like, o- Overwatch for me has just been one of those games that, like, on paper is really cool. And I remember, like, the the beta came out of the first first Overwatch. We got it uh, in the office at ATG. We rinsed it for about one or two days, and then we're like, yeah, okay, well, that's that's what that is. Yeah. And then and then it released. And when it released, I was just so cool on it. I was like, nah, I don't care. Yeah, I, I I was potentially intrigued for a time. I did pick it up. I bought it and played it on PS4. I actually remember playing with Jonesy uh, on PS4 a little bit one weekend, which, again, it's strange to think back that far to like <laughs> playing multiplayer with Jonesy six years ago because even at that point, we were less than a year into the ATG journey, uh, for right, a yeah. way of putting it. But, um, yeah, I guess that's how long this game has been around, and that's... Probably only adds to how strange everything around Overwatch 2 feels. But, like, hey, if this news means nothing else, it's like shit is happening and people are going to start playing this game in some form or another 
pretty darn soon. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. And, we'll and, and you know what, like, don't, don't get me, don't get me wrong that I'm being so down on, on Overwatch and Blizzard. Like, I am down on Overwatch from pretty much the word go. And obviously it's easy to kick Blizzard when they're down because they are kind of everyone's punching bag at the moment. But, mm-hmm. like, in theory, this game, like, what it should be, like, the promise of it, like, it could be pretty fucking cool, you know? Yeah. And, and one th- one thing that I think everybody likes is a comeback story. Um, you know, like, j- just talking about game stuff, not talking about, like, you know, all the fucking sexual harassment and all that <laughs> stuff. Obviously, that stuff needs to get sorted out, and hopefully it will. Um, but oh, just right. in terms yeah. of, pu- purely in terms of just the game, you always want, like, redemption arcs. You know, like, like World of Warcraft is in the shitter at the moment. Like, you want to see it come back. They're they're announcing the next expansion at the end of this month. Like, you want to see them go to strength because that it, like, it, it's dire the situation it's in at the moment. Okay, uh, the same with Overwatch. Like, they, they, they shot themselves in the foot, but hopefully they can fucking repair the wound themselves as well. Yeah, and you know, I I, I do hope that it kind of works out for them. I don't necessarily think that I'll be jumping into Overwatch 2, but, you know. Hey, it'll be on Game Pass next year anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) You're fucking true. I didn't even think of that. You're right. Which, hey, that'll mean us and probably a good handful of million more people will all jump in because we got no reason not to. And that that could be good for it, you know? Jamie, you say that. I mean, I still have the extraction uh, icon on my desktop and I haven't even fucking launched that game. Yeah, I have not. I was about to make a, the most pointless statement of all time, which is I haven't played that game since I last played it. Um, but that's true of every wow. game I've ever played in my life. Um, I haven't true. played that game for a while. And I know we weren't that hot on it, uh, but yeah. I think I feel pretty safe in saying you didn't miss out on much in that yeah. one, Chris. But I think that's it. Like, I think if, if you and Jonesy had come back to me, because you played it that one weekend, and I just, by my schedule, I wasn't able to join you guys. Um, if you would come back and said like this is the one, Chris, I'd be like, yeah, let's fucking go. But yeah, you know, you 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 guys were cool on it, so I was like ice cold on it. So that's just how yes. it goes. Although Steph sent us a a, a little oh yeah a, a, a game potentially that we could play, which is not Overwatch two, um, but that looks like a hell of a lot of fun that we should try and stream together at some point. Absolutely, I I, I clicked on the trailer. He sent a link to. And I yep. watched maybe five to ten seconds of it before going like, like yeah. yeah, that's that's an easy one. Yep. Yeah, like it, it actually blows my mind like how long it's been since we've played games like that. Like, okay, so we we played some Back for Blood, but like I'm not talking. I'm talking like the stupid kind of games, right? Yes, yeah. Like I always remember playing uh, some Human Fall Flat co-op with you guys back. God, in 2020, of all, you know, when I yeah. was still streaming it, on Twitch every now and then, there's still a there's still a clip saved on my on my Twitch of um, <laughs> me and Steph doing some questionable things in the uh, yeah, like me mean, and Jonesy and Steph was watching it going, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> he was enjoying it really. He was enjoying it. Really. Oh, right. they all yeah, that that it, would yeah. be good to organise. We just need to we need to all gather around. We need to pick a day and just get it done. Boom. Watch drink, uh, listen to the last 113 episodes of this fucking show and drink it every time we say that you'll be fucking <laughs> your fucking liver will die out before you get to the back to the beginning anyway um, speaking of everything dying out Chris how about a comment yeah. of the week sure this one comes in from <laughs> wait, wait, hold on what does that have to do with dying out 
Uh, you'll see. It, you'll see by the fifth word of the comment. Okay. Technically. Because uh, okay. this one comes in from Damir Kalogjira. Apologies oh. if I didn't uh, get the pronunciation nice. perfect there, Damir. But uh, they said, if there will be an apocalypse, hence oh, everything apocalypse, dying okay. out, nice. gamers have the best chance for survival. Imagine a world full of only gamers, and then they go on to say, I want Jonesy for my clan leader, Chris for my clan general, and Jamie for my drinking buddy. I will say, Chris, I've been onto YouTube, I've checked the replies to this comment, and Jonesy has already replied from his personal account, saying, invitation accepted. Um, I also like the implication here that while he is clan leader and you're clan general, I don't get to be in the clan at all. I'm just like, I'm some guy. No seniority, no authority. Maybe it's because I can't do podcast intros. But some say, Jamie, that maybe the drinking buddy is the most important aspect of any clan. Maybe. I mean, in, in, and also in apocalypse times where you know things are dark and grim and grey and you're not that happy with your life, again, you're going to have an increased reliance on alcohol compared to regular everyday life. And I guess if that's the role that I have to play for Demir, if I have to be there for them to go drinking together, then, then so be it. Fair enough. You, um, sorry, go yeah. for it. No, no, no. What were we going to say? I was going to ask you, do you agree, though, with the consensus that gamers have a good, if not the best, chance of survival during an apocalypse? Because we have run through a lot of fictionalized scenarios based on you know a similar premise. This is true. Um, I don't know if it's the best chance, but I think, I think definitely up there. Because you know, we, we, we've had that mental training, but we haven't had that physical training. In fact, a lot of our bodies are, you know, the muscles are atrophied because we've been like hanging out in basements. You know, we're kind of scared of sunlight, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or also could be the fact that like as soon as we hit something and we don't see numbers pop out of the heads, we might just be a bit confused. Yes, true. Right? It, would, uh, it would be like a rust server, like everyone just running around with a boulder in their hands, not really sure what they're doing or why they're yeah. naked. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a rust server, but then Jonesy would be on, an, I think he's on an arc server and just start flinging poo everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, it's not... It's not really that Jonesy. It's like, yeah. And, and then of course, and of course, Steph is going to just run out and die in five seconds. Except this time, when we say Steph, where are you? He's not going to say, "Oh, I'm done," because he's going to be dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Turns out, no respawning or reviving uh, in the real world. That is one downside. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I would say, like, a, a percentage of gamers would have the best chance of survival. You know, like the, the people who turtle. You know, the the people who who play smart, not yes. the people that like like Jonesy likes to do, which is just run in and gun down stuff, because that'll only get you so far. Yeah, or the person who is in VR while the world goes to shit, doesn't even realizing it's happening. <laughs> like they're just they're in their own little world. I could also see that being Jonesy in the scenario. I was playing yes. Half Life, Alex. Sorry, I didn't realize. Jonesy, the world <laughs> ended. Seven, <laughs> like four billion people died yesterday. Oh, I was uh was playing Half Life. <laughs> Believable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what, what do you think about like Jonesy as a clan leader and me as a clan general? See, I, I don't know enough about military hierarchy to know. I, I presume based on the, the, the wording here that leader is above a general. Like, because if, if the general's above a leader, then why are you called a leader? Um, and uh-huh. like, I guess so. Uh, it, it basically depends on the clan and how it's structured. Um, I, I, I vouch for Jonesy just because, as we've discussed many times on this podcast before, I think he's a good survivalist. I think he has good survival yeah. instincts. I think he'd be able to make some smart decisions on behalf of the clan. Uh, and if we were 
a nice, you know, tight knit unit, and we all operated on his word. But I think things could go well if you kind of like slotted in there as a right hand man, and you were the one that sort of like you know filtered out the the uh, the uh, <laughs> the Jonesyisms. Yeah, and, and and took the orders and sort of like set people up into individual groups or teams and sort of like took the the took Jonesy's thinking, his outside the box thinking, and made it as you know as efficient and digestible as possible. Then you know we could have a pretty good team on our hands. And then apparently I just sit on the edge and just run around and drink. I don't even drink. Dr- I don't even drink in real life. Like you'll be drink you'll be drunk and naked. Month. Yeah, but you would be drunk and naked. I know you. I don't. Naked, maybe, but then I have massive self-confidence issues based on the size of my penis, which also... But that's I, why you drink. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You see, I, I just think that, like, I, it, it's an interesting thing. Like, if you ever think to yourself, what would you do in Apocalypse? I would probably think that I would... I'd, I'd be like a fucking... Like, I'd be the rat man, right? The like, rat man? Yeah, you know, like in, in Portal 2, Ratman. I don't know if I do know what you're talking about in Portal 2. Ratman? Yeah, he, he was like quite a big part of Portal 2, but only like on the periphery, and you had to kind of like really search for it. But he was, he was a guy who was kind of like helping Shell, but he was never seen or heard, and he only saw like scrawlings on walls and shit. But like, I think that would be me. I, I think I would be the dude hiding in ducts and being like super quiet and sneaky, sneaky. Maybe, and but then you're not going to have a tough time getting people to trust you when you need their help. Nah, but I, I don't need people to trust me because I, I don't need people. I'll be a loner. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. I, I'd have a dog. I'd have a dog with me. Maybe a monkey. I feel like this is just you doing like some fallout role play just in an actual fictionalized apocalypse scenario. Potentially. Potentially. And it, it gets especially crazy when I realize that there's no apocalypse, but I'm still behaving that way. Yes. In fact, Chris, there are no super mutants. Those are just random pedestrians you've been shooting in the head. And you're not wearing a pit boy. You're just staring at your wrist. You've got a, <laughs> yeah. you've got a Casio watch on and you're talking to it for some reason. Yeah. It's all those mentats, dude. Yeah. Psycho. Yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> if we did ever set up, uh, set up a clan, Chris, and if Jonesy mm. did get to be clan leader and you got to be clan general, then I'd like to think uh, a group of people that would be more than welcome to join that clan and survive with us would be our supporters on Patreon. Oh, hell yeah. Because if you head over to patreon.com forward slash super show, you can find the hub of all things us. If, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's roll with that. Um, okay. It, it's basically, it, like, it's a pretty simple gig. It's a pretty simple transaction. It's money in, content out, and you support us in the process. If you head over to patreon.com forward slash super show, what you will find is that there are a number of different tiers uh, each one relating to a different amount of money that you can pledge to head, uh, give to us uh, on a monthly basis, starting from as little as $2 a month, then going up to $5 and so on and so forth. And you get different bits and pieces of content and access to exclusive fun things and goodies along the way, like uh, our Discord server, which we hang out on and we chat to people sometimes. And there are Patreon-exclusive oh, yeah. videos and there are Patreon-exclusive podcasts and all kinds of fun things that you can find at that link, patreon.com forward slash super show and there are a number of people who have already done that they've headed to that link they've pledged their allegiance to the flag of the super show and will not fight him for creative control um and i want to give a shout out to those people right now how's that sound chris i fucking i love it i'm, I'm just going through all the stuff that we've got on our discord is like extras some, okay some fun stuff like just just refreshing my memory some fun stuff um 
obviously with Jonesy not being around, we haven't had time to record anything. But you know, as soon as Jonesy's ready, we'll we'll jump on some more Patreon stuff. But yeah, let's hear those fucking names. The the people joining our clan as we uh, ravage the the wasteland. They are Aaron Cameron, mm-hmm. Athletic Gravy, Cole K, Helium Joker, Jesper Cam Dal Nielsen, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mister Anthropic, Nathan Piers. Neil, the food dude who doesn't deliver, Daniel, Pastor's Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, Yo Clancy, how about I deliver these nuts to your chin, you filthy geld? And then, of course, we have the big dogs, Brett Z, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Haxel Book Read, Manuel Guerrero, Peaswad, and The Uncaged. Thank you all so much, folks, and uh, welcome to the clan, I guess. Let's all survive together. Hell yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Hell, I, 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 come on, bro! You, you, you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just leaving the door open. You've, that's one of the number one rules of podcast hosting: always leave a door and/or window open for a comment or a, or a remark or an anecdote. Um, but if not, you could just talk about what games you've been playing in the last week, right? That's the way it goes. Nice, I like. It. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to take an unprecedented uh, fucking podcast hosting power move. I'm going to go first. Um, because wow. all I wanted to say really briefly is that I wanted to give a small shout out to a little indie game called Toem, which I have been using this past week to cleanse my palette. Toem. Toem. Anal cleanser. Okay. Yeah, something of an anal cleanser because my anus was getting all clogged up with these big, chunky, um, nutty, corny open world Ooh. games. Well, come on. I mean, yeah, you, bro, you fucking. You know, you set up that analogy. You took me down that dark brown path. <laughs> you know, you took yourself down that dark. Okay, brown do you know what? Path. We're going to leave the brown path behind. I apologize okay. for the brown path. All right. Basically, I've been playing a lot of open world games lately. A lot of really kind of meaty games, like we talked about Horizon and stuff. And there's a few other bits going on. Um, and I was like, do you know what? I just want to play something small and charming, which is a good word yeah. to fall back on when you don't know how else to describe a little indie game like this. Um, and I settled on Toem because a couple of the other things I had saved up in my Epic Store account, like um, Death's Door and Inscription, felt a little bit too... Even they felt a little bit too heavy, because uh, yeah. Toem really is this very simple, very quaint uh, adventure game, I guess you'd call it, that has a very simple photography mechanic at the center of it all. You essentially uh, uh, you travel between these... I don't know how else to describe them other than say that they're almost like dioramas. They're yeah. fully uh, mapped out uh, 3D environments, but they all kind of exist in this small sort of like diorama-esque square in the middle that you then you know can fully rotate your camera around and you and all the other NPCs are kind of like sprites that live within this world. But because it's all fully 3D, at any point you switch to a camera perspective and you just take pictures of all the shit around you. And it almost becomes this sort of like this Pokemon snap that's not on wheels or on rails rather, where you're wandering around these usually really nicely detailed and rendered environments. It's all got this very nice, slick, black and white sort of um, nice yeah. animation style. Yeah, I, I've it, never heard of it, and I've literally just, just Googled it, and I, it looks cool. Like, the, it, yeah. like graphical style, whatever, graphical direction. It looks really fucking cool. Yeah, and like it's cool to have photography being the mechanic at the, the center of a game. Like we're, I think we're often used to, you know, games that have photography on the periphery. In fact, I literally just poorly recorded, watched a video about the original Dead Rising, um, which of course had a big photography mechanic because he covered wars, you know. Um, but like, 
outside of the, like the aforementioned Pokemon Snap, like you don't really get that mm-hmm. many games where it's just um, fake hey, frame. Well, yeah, like these are great examples, but also uh, Term is another in uh, a long line of uh, games that uh, Chicory was one of them that have a creative element at the core of the game design, but there's absolutely no judgment whatsoever. Um, mm, yeah. Like I remember one of the things in Chicory is like you would do like you you could draw a fucking cock, you know, on a canvas, <laughs> and go and talk to an NPC, and they'd be like, "Oh my god." this is the most amazing painting I've ever seen. And like, <laughs> yes, it's a little bit pedantic and it's a little bit like coy, but at the same time, um, with all these sort of like fucking imposter syndrome going around and mental health issues, we all fucking suffer from as creative these days. It is nice to have, just have this judgment free sort of space where like in turn, you're just like, no, you got the picture, dude. Don't worry about it. Like you, you, you completed the objective, like just enjoy <laughs> the game. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, there's like puzzle solving mechanics. There's some fun, quirky writing, I said to you before we recorded, it's the kind of game that Jonesy would not just dislike, but also probably argue that it's not a game at all, which usually means it's a pretty good game. It doesn't meet his 51% threshold. Yeah. Well, in fact, it would. the funny thing is, I think it would actually hit 100% on the is it a game threshold, but you just find another way, you'd find like a back alley way to argue it. Um, So yeah, Toem, that was my palate cleanser. You know, when you said Toem, I I thought it was that... um... What was that? That like Pokemon? Oh, I know exactly what you're thinking of. We're talking about. What was it? And called? I cannot remember it, its name for the life of me. All oh, I'm thinking, God, yeah. all I can think about is DoKV, and that, that is something completely <laughs> different. But yeah, it was called. It was very similar to Toem. Damn, that's so annoying. Do, uh, did it start with a D? Gonna, no, that's on, me I'm, doing the DoKV thing again. I'm, I'm searching. I'm searching an alternative. Uh, okay. Temtem. Temtem. There you go. Temtem. Yeah. Toem. Anyway, Temtem. Like, yeah. That's yeah. yeah I could see be. that. But yeah, um, uh, nice. So, so you recommend that as kind of like a, a, a in between game, you know, like if you have a five course meal, this this would be the uh, like the the lemon sorbet before sure. the main course, right? In fact, you know what? I'm going to go one step further and say I don't even necessarily recommend Toem in and of itself. I just recommend you have everyone go out there every now and then and have a lemon sorbet of some kind, whatever variety yeah. it is that suits you, because play a game that's fucking a couple of hours long and you get to roll credits and complete a game and check it off your list and feel good about yourself and feel like you saw something you know succinct and it was over and done with in like a week of your life as as opposed to dragging your fucking nuts through an open world game over the course of six months like it does remind you of like oh yeah nice cool that felt good like Um, like like inside was was that for me yeah exactly uh and you might talk about later but i'm i'm hoping that's what trick to yomi is going to be Turn out to be. Yeah, do you know what? Fingers crossed. That game has a lot of potential. Yeah. But then also, Chris, I feel like to say, like speaking of dragging one's nuts through gigantic <laughs> open world games, I have to now inform you that Tome is basically the only thing I've done this past week that I want to catch up on, and so I have to basically throw over to you to somehow um, talk us through your last week in whichever All way right. you see fit. Well, hold on first, because I'm going to pull this out and say, I mean, I, I should have been more prepared, but pull this out. It's my, it's, it's my Uno rever- it's my Uno Reversi card, okay? Uh, for, for a second, I thought you were about to say the, like, the name and the brand and the make and model of your phone. Like, Uno, like it was like, probably some yeah. Chinese brand. I Google believe Pixel 5. No. Um, uh, the, the, the big elephant in the room, before we talk about my big elephant in the room, um, mm-hmm. no, no, no Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh, no. I, I've uh, played, Forbidden West? I've played like an, at least another like 10 hours of that. I, I just didn't want to. I'm waiting till I finish it now. Like I gave yeah. my initial impressions, I gave my twenty-hour impressions. Yeah, I, 
the next I, one I will guess be... I, I guess Sorry. I just would have thought the, the way that you have been kind of going through it lately, not lately, but like just how I know you game, mm. um, I would have expected you to finish it. Do you know it. what? I would have expected myself to finish it as well. It's one of, been one of these really weird phenomenons, right, where um, I, I, was talk, I was talking to you before. We were reminiscing about the way I feel like I used to be able to game when we were at ATG. And again, I yeah. want to clear up any sort of like illusions about working full-time on a gaming YouTube channel, especially when you're doing it within a slightly more corporate environment in the way we used to. You don't spend all day playing video games. You spend far less of your time yeah, playing video games than you could possibly imagine um, <laughs> to like a nauseating extent. But at the same time, because I had so little going on in my life at the time, for better or for worse, um, I was also really good at making time myself to play video games. And like yeah. I was reminiscing about some of the titles that came out 2017, 18, 19, like the things that popped into my head were Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, Death Stranding, Red Dead Redemption, like games that I put 60, 70 plus hours into, and it was just a breeze. It was like nothing. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I think in the case of Odyssey and Red Dead Redemption, I did, it, I did them both in the space of like a month or whatever it was. I think they both came out in October that year. It was something ridiculous like that. <laughs> and now I'm just in this weird thing where I've been playing a lot of open world games lately, as I talked about. It was Cyberpunk, and it was Far Cry, and now it's Horizon. And they keep just taking way longer than I feel like they should have, and way longer than my reputation suggests they should have, as you kind of hinted at just then, where you said it feels yeah. like I should have almost finished it. And like I'm just I'm really struggling to run the numbers on where the time has gone. And I don't know if you can relate to this at all, but like, let's say you played a video game for like an hour a day on a weekday. Like you finished work, you got home, you had your dinner, and you're like, I'm going to play an hour of video games as part of my like wind down routine. And you did yeah, that every yeah. single day. And if you missed it on a Thursday, you caught up with two hours on a Friday. And what? Yeah, 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 yeah sure. And in the weekend, you're like, okay, I'm going to play two and a half hours on Saturday and two and a half hours on Sunday. And if I miss Saturday, I'm going to play five hours on Sunday. At which point, you're basically giving up all of your day on Sunday, you know, to a certain extent to play a video game. Even yeah. that, which sounds extreme, you've managed to find 10 hours in your week to put towards this one video game, and uh, how often are we ever playing one video game at a time? You know, there's so many yeah, other things going on. It jumps around well. all the time. Exactly, or well, there are multiplayer things and, and, and games that you never really stop playing, and like with yeah. Dota for you and FIFA for me. Um, and all of a sudden you're like, well, hang on a second, like, like you talk, look at like the you know the when the embargo came down for uh, Elden Ring and what some of the people were saying about that. That means that that's like a two or three month game for me. If I literally feel like <laughs> I'm committing my life to it, I could play this game every single day, and it would take two to three months. And I just had this thing of like, I don't know what's going wrong. I don't know how I used to like <laughs> pl play sixty hours of Assassin's Creed Odyssey in um, in two weeks, and now I I, I can't play. The forty hours of Horizon yeah. in three. It, it, it's like back in the day, it was just lack of sleep that got you through it, right? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, maybe you, you you always rationed more time than you had to ration because oh yeah, young, dumb, and full of cum. When but I took now, time, when I, I was going to say when I took time off for God of War, I would do eight hour days. I platinumed it in four days because I just I just didn't yeah. stop playing. But I I guess it's kind of testament to the game as well. Um, you you know, like I I can't speak for. Uh, Forbidden West at all because obviously I haven't played it but there are games like God of War that you just want to sink eight hours a day into anyway and there yes. are other games that can still be good high quality um, you know critically acclaimed games but 
they they're not they're not going to make you want to play for eight hours at a stretch, and that's you know that's fine. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely gets hard. It definitely gets hard, and like uh, I I just hope you don't get to the level where I am, where it's like, hey, you can. You, it's not that you play games every single day; it's that you get to play games maybe twice a week if you're lucky. You, yeah, you know. I, I don't know, bro. I'm scared about, like, whether it's marriage or whether it's fatherhood and all that shit and the impact that could potentially oh, have on gaming. Bro, it, it just, it's just all, like, exponential. It's one on top of the fucking other because it's a, yeah, anyway. Yeah. It, it, it's loads of things. We'll but anyway, see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So we, we've been talking about Elden Ring, and yeah, you said, like, if you had to play Elden Ring, by all accounts, if you are enjoying that game and you're kind of going through the motions, like, that, that's probably, like, an 80 to a 100-hour game it could be. Even yeah. though the, the like the most recent speed run is just under an hour, I just which saw blows that. my fucking mind. Yeah, crazy. I Absolutely mean, yeah, that, but it's cool as well. I like I like shit like that because oh, it's yeah, you know, it's neat. Yeah, it is. It is cool, especially with games so big as Elden Ring. Um, but yes, I, I've been playing more Elden Ring. I streamed some of it on Saturday. I'm probably going to stream some more this Saturday. So uh, you know, by the time this goes up, it'll be tomorrow um with yes. any luck and I- i'm just enjoying my time with it dude it is so fucking good and it's it's almost like you go anywhere you'll find something cool to see something new something exciting there's always something to entice you there's always some challenge to overcome there's there's shit that fucking beats you to the ground and you run away with your tail between your legs you go power up somewhere else and then you think oh okay i'm, I'm probably a little bit stronger now and you go back to it and you go like absolutely fucking mad um yeah i'm I'm in it for the long haul like it it is one of those games i said like you know like we said with god of war where you play it and you just want to play for eight hours straight Mm -hmm. that's where i am at with this game obviously i don't have eight hours to spare you know i've got like say what (laughs) yeah i wish i did uh i've got like when i'm able to sit down i've got like two to three hours in in a row to kind of go um but I'm, I'm I'm being chill about it. I'm being very chill about it. Like, take as long as it takes. Uh, luckily, I'm not only tying it, playing it to um, streaming. I kind of get some time here and there to play it as well. Um, yeah. Which I think is the right way to go because it's it, it's too big. Otherwise, it's too massive. I'd be you, you're right. I'd be playing it the whole fucking year. Like lo- like last year, I did um, Dark Souls One Remastered. Purely only played it when I was streaming it, and that that took me like half a year. Easy, right? Yeah. So, I think Elden Ring literally on that time scale would possibly be like a five it, it five year, year game. I think it'd be no. a five year game. You it never know, be. bro. You never know. There's a lot to see in that game, and like, I I can't gush about it enough. I, I I've actually had like, in a way, I've had kind of like, this is gonna sound so stupid, but I've had a bit of a crisis, Jamie. Okay, with a Y or an I? <laughs> Not with the Y. Fuck. Oh crisis. shit. Okay. Never mind. Then. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm infinitely less interested in what you've got to say now, but please oh, continue. come on. No, you are. Come on. <laughs> it's um, it, because, because I've been thinking about Breath of the Wild a lot. Okay. Um, and funnily enough, I, I mentioned it on stream last week where we, we, had, we had written our scripts for uh, a best game ever on mm-hmm. open world. Like, what is the best open world game ever? Yep. Um, Spoiler, obviously, I would have chosen Breath of the Wild. And now I'm at like this, this junction where I'm like, fuck, is it Breath of the Wild or is it Elden Ring? And, and like, 
I, I don't know if there's any like recency bias there, um, but genuinely, it, it is such a fucking triumph what they've done with this game. Like, uh, I, I think you can be like objective enough to kind of say whether you like Dark Souls or not. Like, that's one thing, but to see what they've done with that open world and how much they've crammed into it and uh, like mechanically how they've been thinking about it, it's it's fucking it's super impressive. Um, right. The the thing is though that both open world games are like like top top class but in in for different reasons and i'm yeah like, I, like I, messi I, and ronaldo I, exactly it, that's exactly it. it it's it's messi and ronaldo or breath of the wild and elden ring like mm. you know that the from those two being at the top like the next level down like it's quite a gulf right yeah um you know you get your Mbappe's and hey, your, there uh, he is. Hey, there he is, and it's Aguero. Um, I mean, yeah, I think he basically retired with heart problems, but just like like the other month. But yeah, exactly. He 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 owns like a, a Valorant esports team now. Oh, nice! Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. Crew Esports. Shout out. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's like got me like just having a bit of an identity crisis at the moment. I guess you know. I th- yeah, I I can see that, but I th- also I think that's fine. Like you're keeping yourself in check. <laughs> you're you're asking provocative questions of yourself oh. and your opinions. You're oh, yeah. questioning. You're you know you're wading into a reassessment of things that you thought might have been set in stone for years to come. And I think that's a healthy endeavor, Chris. Hell yeah, but yeah, I like fuck man. I absolutely adore that game, and I, I'd encourage people to to try it out, even if they never played a Dark Souls game before. I will say this though, it is very much a from software game you will yeah. get beaten down like yes it is more accessible and a lot of people are asking oh so is this like the easiest souls like game that there is and the the answer is like yes and no like people are still hitting their heads against the wall trying to get to like get the past bosses and stuff but the difference here as opposed to other games is obviously you just run away go mm. in the opposite direction farm up do something else and then come back. Whereas in previous Dark Souls, it was like, no, no, no this is this is more or less the linear path, or, or let's say they've got three linear paths for you to go through. Whereas yeah. now it's like, no, nah, fucking three sixty degrees, fucking go for it. Um, yeah. I honestly, I would love to get you into Elden Ring and and see what you think right. of it because I think like, that's that's going to be the most fascinating thing for me, knowing yeah. you and your tastes and how you kind of come up and 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 feel about it. Obviously, not like with only one hour under your belt, but like, let's say 10, you know, honestly, if the timing were better, you wouldn't have to convince me to get involved. <laughs> I would want to, um, but it's just been a brutal month for video games. And yeah. again, like there were games towards the start of the year, you know, going back to the end of January and the early stage of February that I didn't even get a chance to get around to at that time. Like well, Pokemon, I, don't, I don't think you've played. Sifu, I have haven't you? touched Sifu. Haven't touched Pokemon legends, Arceus, like I've, I, I, my kind of my insistence on sticking with games until I finish them, and just not wanting to get caught up in this cycle of playing a game for three hours and then moving on has yeah. left me in the lurch in a way that I've like I hinted at earlier. I've genuinely never been in my life. I've always been that guy that felt like I could confidently wade into any conversation and be like, "Yeah, I play every major new release, big or small. <laughs> if it sells on well, time. Or yeah. If it on sells time, well, every let, time." Let me, you, I don't know if that was the impression you got from me at all time gaming, but like things didn't pass me by. I felt oh, at that 100%. time in my life. 
Like I was 100%. on top of shit. And like, yeah, there would be constant, like, as we talked about with FromSoft, there'd be times where I'd consciously remove myself from, from the discourse, um, so to speak. <laughs> um, but I, I was on top of things in a way that I, I almost borderline get like oh, depressed about in, when I think about how I, I'm not can, on top of things I am. Can I depress you even more? Do you have to? Yes. Look okay. at me. Look at this face. You're the captain now? I'm the captain now. No. I am your ghost of uh, Christmas future, okay? Because I used to be like you. Until Don't I say took it. A, Stop. Until I took an arrow to the knee. And then, all of a sudden, I've got two to three hours a week to play video games. Yeah. I will it, say. It, it's just like, that's the natural ebb and flow of it. Like, it, it's, I, I would say that, like, from last year to this year, it's getting better for me. So it's not like, yeah. there's no permanence to anything, right? True. And, th- and also, for the sake of full transparency, there is a massive elephant in the room on my side of things in terms of a self-inflicted wound, which is that I've talked about it many, many times before, but like I'm part of a PlayStation party, <laughs> for want of a better way of putting it, that is online every single day. And for as much as I complain about not playing this that much of this, that, or the other, I probably still play... 10 to 20 hours of multiplayer games with them per week <laughs> and spend even more time sat in a party chatting to them. And my rule is I will never play a story-driven game while I'm in a PlayStation party talking. And yeah, so that's fair. That's fair. Like if you checked my, were to check my play times in the last week of games like um, Rocket League and FIFA, you'd be like, dude, you're complaining about not finishing Horizon. You've played 20 hours of FIFA in the last week. What are you doing? <laughs> and it's that. And it, it what, and I'm not, I don't want to complain about it because it's a positive thing in my life. It's yeah, so like yeah. it's social, and it's you know created a almost like a new friendship group I didn't really know I had before. Um, but I didn't have that at all when I was talking about Red Dead and AC Odyssey, where it was just me being a loner and getting home from work at seven o'clock at night and being like, right, time to play video games till two yeah. in the morning. Get the dominoes in. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> and now I I eat pizza like. Domino's pizza, I should say, like probably once every two months. Yeah. 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 And I'm still fat. Do the maths. <laughs> um, How does yeah. it happen? But yeah, I man, can, like... I have, can I ask one last Elden Ring question? Hmm. Um, well, I say one last, obviously, it's your prerogative. <laughs> um, uh, I, wanted, I wondered if there was a way of, for you to tell, or even if mm. you even want to tell it, share at this stage, either based on sort of like the bosses you've beaten whether yep. they kind of they are one of the plethora of bosses just that are scattered around, or these sort of more significant like core playthrough bosses, either yep. that or your player level, um, whichever is more relevant to it. How much progress do you think you've made towards like getting through this thing? Right. Okay. So I believe I'm on. I think I'm level twenty nine or thirty on my character. So not, okay, nice. Like a decent amount, but not major. Mm-hmm. Um, and be- because I'm going so methodical and just enjoying the open world. So w- what's interesting about Elden Ring, and I think this is where a lot of people kind of like come up against it quite hard, is the game game doesn't really tell you to do, but it does give you a very gentle nudge pushing you to the first main boss, which is Margaret the Fell Omen. Yes, okay? I've and heard he, that name he's a kind lot. of like. Yeah, he's the gatekeeper to the big castle, Stormvale Castle. And that Stormvale Castle is what they refer to as a legacy dungeon, which is more like 
this is an area that you would typically see in, let's say, a Dark Souls game, like yes. proper Dark Souls numbered entry. What they're saying is that in this game, you've got like different tiers of dungeons, and these legacy dungeons are the top, top tier where they are super intricate, lots of shit happening in them, lots of secrets, variety of enemies, traps, etc. blah, blah, blah. So I haven't even gotten to Margaret the Foul Omen yet because I've just been enjoying my time around. But at the same time, because of the network test, I know that when I start out, you can't, you can't go, you can't follow the game gently nudging you to Margaret the Foul Omen because you're not going to beat it. Right. Okay. And like I said, this is where people are coming hard against the game because they're kind of following those gentle nudges mm-hmm. and kind of ignoring the gentle nudges where the game tries to tell you like, no, 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 this guy's too difficult for you. Like, you've got to leave. You know, do other shit and then come back. And that happens way before Margaret the Fell Omen. But a lot of people that have been listening to podcasts and their reviews and reading some of the like bad reviews of the game, because I try and get like a, a wide variety of opinions. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh yeah, I went to Market Fall Omen, he absolutely destroyed me. Or, oh, I tried to kill the tree sentinel as soon as I came out into the open world and he just absolutely demolished me. Like, I beat the, 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 the tree sentinel, which is the big knight on a, on a horse just as you come out into the open world. He's there to teach you two things. One, that you cannot beat him, right? Generally, you can't beat him. I mean, unless you're some fucking crazy Dark Souls dude. Um, you can't beat him until you come back later a little bit higher leveled. And also his boss fight is meant to kind of like show off horse-based combat. So in other words, you right. being on a horse and him being on a horse. Um, so that is a lesson where it tries to nudge you against following the path. But I think people are too stuck on keeping on the nudges that are the path, which leads you to Stormvale Castle, which will lead you to Margaret Falomen. But to answer your question, like, PlayStation says I'm, I've got 0% completion rate on the game. Love um, it. Yeah, but I, I've, ex, I've explored like maybe maybe 80% of Limgrave, which is the like opening area excluding um, uh, Stormvale Castle. So probably, in, probably this next stream that I do, I would have finished what I wanted to do at... Um, in Limgrave, and I'd probably head over to Market Fallomen. Right. And then okay. from there on, I'll be exploring uh, Stormvale Castle, which would, which would take quite really? a long time in, its, in itself. Is that, I don't know if that's anything to do with, but there, I, there was another name that I kept hearing a lot, and I look, just looked it up while you were talking. A dude called Godric. Yeah. So, and Great Runes. Yeah. So let's put it this way Market the Fall Omen is a gatekeeper in order for you to get into Stormvale Castle. Yeah. Okay. And then the boss of Stormvale Castle is Godric the Grafted. Okay. If that makes Godric sense. Godric the Grafted is such a Yeah, he's the name. dude with all the hands coming out of him. Oh, nice. And in the trailer, he attaches like a dragon head to his hand and shit. Like, it, it's fucking weird, bro. Like, the story in it's kind of like, it's cool, but it's also fucking weird. Do you feel like you get more. And, and I'm not even going to say more. I feel like you get any George R. R. Martin from that, or is it just like Miyazaki through a different lens? Because yeah. I don't know what the where the George R. R. Martin stuff begins and ends in that, but I don't know if he's coming up with names like Godric the Grafted or like improving character designs on that motherfucker. Yeah, probably not character designs. No, I, I, I think I think I can I can 
see the influence, uh, but obviously it's hard to kind of tell where the distinction is. I can yes. tell you that from all the interviews and information that's out there is that George R. R. Martin was there to create the backstory for this game, the characters, the world, the world building. And then the actual game that you're playing is Miyazaki doing what he does. If that makes sense. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it's an interesting way of doing it, but anyway. Um, but look, I, I'll tell you, what, I'll, I'll move on from Elden Ring because that's part of my Elden Ring hour. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but kind of like extended from Elden Ring, I've started reading Berserk, the uh, manga. Interesting. A manga yeah. that actually, I believe we mentioned Berserk on the podcast last week. Do you remember when I, I think I like Googled anime and was just reading out everything I saw. And I think I said the word <laughs> Berserk. Yeah, probably. What inspired uh, yeah, this I, decision there? I, I've, well, okay, so Miyazaki is heavily influenced by Berserk mm-hmm. in what he does. So it's like, okay, cool. But then also like an, an anime fan that I am in my own little capacity, not like a fucking weeb. Um, I I've always known about Berserk and like how like highly rated it was, and I was just like, eh, fuck it, I'll take the plunge. And funnily enough, it was I was just going through Amazon, just looking at a whole bunch of shit, and they send you some recommendations. One of the recommendations is that they got this really nice deluxe edition of the Berserk kind of like manga, and they're kind of like these black bound leather books, and it's like that, that looks quite nice. I'll I'll pick it up, and I've got two of what I believe are currently 10 volumes. And these books are like fucking that thick, Jamie, like, you know, 500 pages. Um, but it's fucking cool. I'm, I'm getting, so I'm on the second, I'm just finishing up the second volume now. And my idea is to just get a volume each month. And by the end of the, end of the year, I'll have the whole collection. Exciting times. Are you yeah, reading like it. it yet? Or is it just an ornament at the moment? No, I, I, like I said, I'm at the, at the end of the, Second oh, volume. right. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, Jamie, just like as as my palate cleanser, I jumped back into some Sifu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, not not kind of like, I know it's a bit of a strange palate cleanser, but it can be because what I'm doing is I'm not progressing the story. I'm going back to previous stuff that I've been doing and I've just been trying to finish it with lower age levels. Right. I've got, I've got to ask, when you, are, when you say you're going back and you're trying to finish previous levels, with lower eight levels, are we still talking about replaying the first area to go into the club with a lower age? Yeah. Or, so, okay. so I've gotten it down to age 23. So to okay, for, context, nice. for context, you start at age 20. Um, I'd like to try and get there lower. So the, the idea for people who don't know is when you die in Sifu, your age increases. And then when you beat a level, you can, you go to the next level at that age. And you can die at that second level, for instance, but you can restart that level at the age that you approached it there. So I think the first time I did it, I was like age 32, just like my first kind of playthrough. Got to the second second stage at 32, got decimated, tried it again, but I start again at 32. So you're handicapped. So I went back and yeah, I've, I've got it down to, I finished the first level at age 23, which means I can always start the second level at age 23. Which gives yeah. you some leeway because at age seventy you die. Yes, I, it's cool. It, it's it's an interesting mechanic. It's really really interesting. It's cool, and it also it makes me happy because it means that however far on we are, whether it's five weeks, six weeks, my uh, hypothesis <laughs> that I outlined to both you and Jonesy when you were both playing it in the week of release 
that no one who I've spoken to or heard of who is actually playing that game outside of, you know, critics and people playing it you yeah. know, in the media. Um, no one's made it past the third stage, and that remains 100% oh, no, it's, true. It's the second stage, right? The second oh, no, stage I, know that's the, that. I know that's the sticking point, but I met that my, I remember, I, I seem to remember the, like the barrier that the kind of thing, the thing, like the line of the sand that I drew was that I just don't know anyone who's past the third stage. Like, all right, okay. And I, I'll, yeah, I'll get there, Jamie. I'll get there. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I hope I so. might be, I might be slow with gaming, but you know that I'm a determined bastard that, yeah. you know, I get Jones, my head stuck in it and there we go. Jonesy, on the other hand, like, I doubt he's doing that much gaming at the moment, but that is going to be one of those ones where I think he's going to reflect on this, you know, these opening handful of months in the year, when especially when we get to the end of the year, and he's going to look at Dying Light and Horizon and Sifu and all the games that he bought and just be like, oh no, I play like two hours of each of them. It, it's either that or all this time that he hasn't been on the fucking podcast, he's going to just be rinsing the games and he, he's not really telling us. And yeah. when he comes back to the podcast, we're just going to have to dedicate an entire podcast just to his catch-up. I mean, to be fair, yeah, like especially because I, I again, I don't know, and it's not fair of me to speculate like how much he might be playing and or watching stuff at the moment. But he could have loads of shit. I know he did play some Horizon the other day. I saw it on PlayStation. So yeah, hey, we you know gonna leave room for for surprise. Anything is possible. But Jamie, the the last thing that I want to catch up on, yes, and I know you're you're sweating because you're looking at the time. But I'm, I'm no, doing we're, this. we're doing it. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. I, I'm segueing it, buddy, because the other thing that I did, which is out of the norm for me this week, is I watched a PlayStation State of Play. What? You, okay, you just threw me for a loop. You, <laughs> you, you were like, <laughs> I thought you were going to segue into something else that you'd done with your week, and instead you just kicked us right into the news. Well, it's because I did watch it, and that in itself is news to me. Okay. Chris, can I play a little game with you then? Yes. Um, I'd like you to take everything that you just said and erase it from your memory. Let's play okay. a game in which you didn't watch a state of play. And okay. just for this first title, I want to break it down for you component by component, and you're going to, at each stage, tell me how excited you are for what I'm saying, okay? Just okay. like, I just want you to, I just want to gauge how you're feeling, okay? Okay, so I, let, I can be a method actor here, okay? So, mind okay. is blank. Mind is blank. You haven't seen the state of play yet. The stage Ooh, state is set. Of play. Wow, you yeah, say, exactly. Okay. Oh, state of place. A focus on Japanese developers. You've heard. Oh, interesting. Okay, yes, mm. yes. The curtains open. Yeah. And the dark black stage is lit by a single spotlight, and okay. on rolls. Bella and, and Wonderworld two. <laughs> you haven't seen nothing yet, buddy. Just you wait. <laughs> okay. All right. You see the trailer unfurl. For a new video game, okay, releasing ostensibly in 2023. Okay, okay. It's an action game. Okay, it's got co-op elements. Okay, it's developed and published by Capcom. Okay, okay. And the main RE engine. Here we go. Yeah, and the main antagonistic presence in the video game are dinosaurs. Uh, Dino Crisis. You see where I'm going with this, don't you? Dino yeah. Crisis. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Fucking. There's a new Dino Crisis game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, there's not. Uh, uh, Capcom are making a game called Exo Primal. It's a co-op action game where you wear the <laughs> suits from Anthem and shoot like thousands of dinosaurs at once. Um, yeah. Okay. Can, can I can I come back in back to reality? Yeah. Get back in the room. Sorry. Can, can I Eminem it and snap back to reality? Snap back to reality with me. Um, 
yeah, th- this was fucking bizarre, dude. Like, yeah, you, you're right. They mentioned dinos because I think it was like some news thing. It's like, oh, it's, it was like a weather report, wasn't it? And they said, mm-hmm. oh, chance of dinosaurs today, high. And I was like, what? This is a, yeah. th- if they're doing dino crisis, this is a really fucking weird way to introduce it. Cloudy with a chance of dinosaurs. That's the, yeah, yeah, exactly. the way it goes, right? And, and then you're right, like Anthem exosuits where it, it's not even that they try to hide the kind of plagiarism coming from Anthem, uh, yeah. because the way that you get into the suits is exactly the way you get into the suits in, in Anthem. And, and it was like, they, they could have, it's almost like that, that trope of like, oh, co- yeah, copy my homework, but just change something, you know? Literally, yeah, exactly. And, or like, hey, their game died, that means it's fair game. Yeah. To be fair, though, it is, an, it, it, I don't think it's been confirmed, but it looks like RE Engine to me. It looks good. Uh, yeah. It could be a hell of a lot of fun. Like, Capcom's a good developer. Like, I, I like Capcom stuff. Um, we should be able to give it the benefit of the doubt, but it very much weird to kick things off with this. But yeah, sure. Wait, you're, you're right, though. Like, there's something quirky and fun about this in a way that, like, hey, you know, zombies, for example, are, have been, are very played out at the moment. Think of something different. And the idea of something is sort of on the nose as like this big spherical like vortex <laughs> opening up and literally thousands of dinosaurs of all things falling out of it at once. I was like, Do you know what? Like, yeah, this is this is some fun bullshit in a way that yeah. I'm gonna vibe yeah. with. Yeah, it's almost like Earth Defense Force, right? Yeah, honestly, that's a great comparison. Yeah. This is yeah. like a anthem by way of EDF by yeah. way of Dino Crisis. But but now so I know people are like, oh, you know, they should have just done Dino Crisis, but You've got to remember one thing here, Jamie. If it is RE Engine, which they weren't explicit about it actually being, but let's assume it is. That's their fucking premier engine. That's what they're going to be using. It also means that they now have, like, fleshed out dinosaur models running on the RE Engine. Right, yes. Okay. Half the work's done for them already. <laughs> In a roundabout way, sure. Like, I agree. <laughs> like, like, hey, maybe that's something that happens in the future. Like, at some yeah. point, it does feel like we are in a weird state of, you know, the, the, the situation, the, the, the kind of the noise around certain video games, that if there's just enough chatter, something's going to happen eventually. Like, yeah. they will, you will eventually find the straw that breaks the camel's back. But, I don't know, I've got no nostalgia for Dino Crisis. I don't really, I'm sure it's fine, but, I, you know, I, I take it or leave it. No, it- if they bring it back in the way that they could potentially do it, I think it could be like fucking right up there. But can, can before we like carry on with the rest of it, yeah, can we just go like top top down look at what this fucking PlayStation State of Play was, right? Because as you mentioned, like it it had a an Eastern focus, yeah, okay, and 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 they set expectations and they said it was going to have an Eastern focus, and by gosh, were they fucking not kidding? This oh like, yeah. This is like 98% Eastern focus from what I understand. This was um, like, hey, we already cashed that check that Square Enix sent us. We can't pull out of the stream yeah. all together. Yeah, but the yeah, again, it kind of seems like the, the saying for this podcast, but the elephant in the room with this particular state of play was that rumors were it was meant to be a lot bigger than it was. Yeah. Like, and the Ukraine <laughs> crisis might be the reason that it would have had Western developers in it as well, but they just kind of pulled out because they're like, it's, it's not the time. And that's fair. Yeah. Like, for, for my sins, as I mentioned before, I, for whatever reason, am super hot on the whole kind of gaming leaks and insider stuff. I spend 
probably too much of my spare time <laughs> tuning into those channels and just seeing yeah, what's happening. Same, same, buddy. And it's like people were fairly openly and in an offhand way discussing the quote-unquote March state of play for a little while. Like something like that. This stream happening was something that people more or less knew about. Um, The thing is, it was as you kind of mentioned, it was set up to be a pretty big one, and it felt like that made sense timing wise. Like there were a number of titles that it just felt like we needed updates on. Um, Yeah, like like random things like Hogwarts Legacy was was strongly rumored to be back very very soon. You also have weird things where like uh, Gotham Knights, for example, hasn't had uh, anything but that one story trailer at the Warner Brothers event last year, all of a sudden yeah. randomly gets a release, a release date, date announcement the day of the state of play. Um, yeah, it, it was like, almost the, like a little bit too convenient, right? Yeah, then there's still things, like you mentioned God of War, still AWOL, like, is that coming out this year? If so, like, hey, there were rumours about late summer, early fall, like August, yeah. September. I mean, like, by by Sony's own admission, it's still slated for 2022. Yeah, exactly. And so it it was all a little bit strange and again like the fact like who decided who decided that like the first state of play in 6 months was like going to be a 20 minute long mostly Japanese thing. Like who just like why were one third of the games uh, on this state of play published by Square Enix? There were just yeah. elements about it all that just felt odd. I, I I think you're right. And I think like we we were discussing it on um on our WhatsApp group, right? And I said, yeah, okay, you know, like even if Western developers are not there, like there's still a lot of potential to be had with an Eastern-focused state of play. I said, like, you know, you could be talking about the Resident Evil 4 remake. You could be talking about Final Fantasy 16. You could be talking about any news about Final Fantasy 7 remake part two. Like there's a lot to get going here. And there was a lot of potential here and it just, didn't fucking hit, man. Which, like, one of the conclusions I drew from what you just said when we were discussing this after the state of play last night was that, again, the absence of some of the games you just mentioned there, like Final Fantasy sixteen, for example, almost felt like this wasn't just a state of play designed to, you know, shine a light on some games in development um, at various Eastern studios and a few smaller indie titles and maybe fulfill a few contractual obligations, but also just state of play, state of play that was almost designed to not make a headline. Like if you were writing for like a writing for an IGN or a GameSpot, like what do you pick out here as the game that was like, oh my god, there was a state of play and this got announced? Like yeah. there isn't one. Like I don't want to jump the gun on games we're going to talk about in a bit, but even some of the like games with more potential, like some of the new things announced by Square Enix, there's there's no headline, there's no SEO, you yeah. know, in this state of play. I, I kind of feel like it, it, it's happened before with state of play, but definitely this one kind of reinforces the idea that the headlines that came out of the state of play are not what was in it, but what was missing. Yes. Right. And like, I genuinely, I agree with you that this goes beyond a, Hey, it's a state of play measure expectations meme, um, and goes into some kind of weird, like, yeah, like something seemed a bit weird here. And I could, yeah. I, again, to channel my inner Jonesy and go to full tin, full hat, <laughs> I could easily see a scenario where, March was the day of like, hey, that's our Q1 check-in where we start to outline plans for things that like need release dates announced before the summer onslaught for one reason or another. Um, yeah, and like, it just didn't happen. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, we're just we're just gonna have to wait and see. There were just you look at the calendar, and there are just so many fascinating kind of like danglers. 
um, where you're just like, I don't know what the deal is there. Like, yeah, like it, and, it's weird. And, yeah, should should we go through some of the the other games? Yeah, that let's they do it. Off? And uh, as it, as if to uh, further illustrate the points that Chris and I've been making, uh, Exo Primal was followed up with three back to back to back games that we already knew about, um, but that needed yeah. promotion because. They're either coming out soon or they have a new release date to share with the world. Uh, first up was Ghostwire Tokyo, which is yeah. coming out uh, in, well, just two weeks, actually, by the time this podcast releases, which yeah. is strange because it doesn't feel like a real video game yet, in spite of all the gameplay that is now out there to be watched. Yeah, there's like an 18-minute um, gameplay on IGN or something. Yeah, I watched it before we started recording, and I was like, this is like a video game, but I just, it feels like it's going to sit snugly with Death Stranding and The Matrix Resurrections in the I'm glad this exists category, <laughs> but don't ask me what I actually think about it. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be like the sleeper hit. You know, like hey. that's kind of what I get from it. Like it's either the one where it's like everyone kind of like, you know, this guy's been hit on the head once many times, so just like nod and smile. Or it uh-huh. could be like, this guy's fucking clairvoyant. Hey, I, I would welcome that. You know what? Like, yeah taking first-person open-world action-adventure stuff and, like, dra- dragging it all through a, a fucking a Japanese folklore-styled yeah. you know, net. Like, uh, uh, yeah, sign me up, potentially. Yeah. I, th- um, I think we said it last time, right? It was like, we're glad that this game exists because it's... because of how fucking different it is. Totally. You know? and, and more totally. games should be different. Yes. One game that is perhaps not as different as some people might have liked but is apparently also not as shit as we might have first believed, um, <laughs> is uh, another Square Enix joint, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, the kind of Soulsborne-inspired uh, Final Fantasy action game, which uh, is not only out in just over a week, but also now has another demo on the another PlayStation demo. Store, which I think is his third demo, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. It, it's almost like, guys, please try the demo. We've we fixed it, I promise. <laughs> yeah, like actually ignore the amount of times he said chaos in that first trailer, <laughs> Play this game because it's actually not that bad. I'm uh, gonna that kill seems to be the chaos. Gist. Yeah, apparently he will on the 18th of March. Um, <laughs> it's funny, man. Like I was, I was watching this, and something occurred to me, and and it was uh, only reinforced watching the rest of this fucking state of play. Square Enix has become the alpha particle effects company. Oh right, yep, I agree. Like it, it started with Final Fantasy VII remake. Whereas, like, you, you saw them were like, oh, wow, they've really gone ham with this. But it kind of, it's cool, it works, and I like it. But when you start seeing it over and over and over again, you're like, bro, like, you, you're going too far in that direction. Yep. And that, hey, that does, that's kind of what I thought. No, and you're right, because I think the next game that we sure just backed up Square Enix's love of particle effects, uh, Forspoken, the most <laughs> magical, magic-y game perhaps ever made, um, and it's been delayed, regrettably. This one's yeah. now out on the 11th of October. Uh, it was originally due out in May, I believe. Um, I although I, this yeah. was actually one that I think we, again, uh, any sort of super in tune or people with a photographic memory will have to let us know. I think we actually mentioned last week on the podcast that this was rumored to be happening. There's a an insider oh. who had announced that, who said, hey, Forspoken's probably getting delayed. And I think I mentioned it in passing last week, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, does this look like a game yet to you or is it still just me being in this weird kind of like similar to Ghostwire where I'm just looking at it and it's almost like rolling off my eyes for, one, I, for a better I, expression I, I, I feel the same way as, as you're saying 
I, I do think maybe they've done a better job in this trailer of saying like, hey, this is the game rather yes. than like, this is the story or whatever. But at, at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, I, I don't like, I don't really get it. And, and maybe there's, yeah. maybe there's nothing to get, you know, like a game's a game, like just fucking accept it. Right. But maybe I, but I've also just like, I've seen nothing about that world or that premise or those characters that gets its hooks into me. Like at yeah. least Ghostwire Tokyo is like, okay, fuck, there's some cool shit here. Like yeah, in terms yeah. of the, what they're pulling inspiration from, whereas nothing about Forspoken on a creative level or a design level. Hey, Jamie, get rid of the alpha particle effect. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe this is the litmus test. Okay. Get rid of the alpha particle effect. And if it still looks cool, then maybe you're onto something. I, I have a feeling if you get rid of all the fucking flashy particles in Forspoken, it'd be like, what? what is this? It would just look like a woman doing a Zumba session in the middle of a forest. <laughs> yeah, it's Wee Zumba, the, the fucking the sequel. Exactly. Get your balance boards out, folks. October 11th, Forspoken is coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just like fucking, this state of play just, you know, didn't want to let the train of games that I don't want to play die out that soon. Um, so it served up a trailer for Gundam Evolution, um, which is apparently some kind of like first person PVP gay. It's it's Gundam Overwatch, right? Yeah, but it looks well. I, I, I look. I don't want to slate Gundam or like. I, I just I was like watching this. This this was the point in the state of play where I was like, oh, like. There, there's something's uh, something's happening here. I yeah. think, like this yeah, is like, the fifth you, game we've seen, yeah. and like it's been one new announcement, three games we already know a lot about, and now a weird Gundam FPS. Yeah, like don't don't get me wrong, I love Gundams mainly because I like building them, but like I, I was watching this and I thought, you know what, this is a smart move. Like as a type of game with this IP, I think it kind of it definitely serves a niche, but it potentially serves it well but at the same time i'm, I'm with you i was just like okay next yes um but you know what was next <laughs> something that actually you can get a little bit more excited about depending on your nostalgia for certain titles jonesy i'm sure i don't know if he was watching the state of play but if he finds out this exists i'm sure he'll at least momentarily get excited because there's a retro teenage mutant ninja turtle game collection coming out called the cowabunga collection um which is a great name Great. Yeah, and apparently it has a bunch of games in it. I think it has 13 games in it, in spite of the fact when they were showing gameplay of the various titles they had, they looped back around where they yeah. were like, here's the arcade fighting game, here's the original arcade game, here's yeah. Turtles in Time, then here's back to the fighting game. It's like, hang on, yeah. you've shown and us. And then back to Turtles in Time. Yeah, and I was like, hang on a second, are there three games in this collection? <laughs> no, there's 13, we just didn't show any of the other 10. I don't yeah. know, I'm, I'm overthinking everything now. I'm, I'm in nitpick territory, Chris. No, but you, you you're absolutely right to be because what what happens when you get into like state of plays, you're like it's almost like being on Dragon's Den Den or Shark Tank or whatever it's called in your country of choice, right? It's like you're sat there as an investor with your money on the side saying, I'm ready to spend money on games. Yes. You know? Impress me. Yes. And then they come out and they do this thing and you're like it's a no from me. Or it's a no. Oh, it's like The Voice or fucking, uh, what's pop star? It's an uh, idol, American uh, yeah, idol America, yeah. kind of thing. You know, it's like, it's, it's a no from me, dog. It's a no from me, dog. And, and eventually, you go through enough where it's like nothing's clicking for you that you get irate about what you're starting to see and you get angry and you get annoyed and you don't give 
things, the benefit of the doubt that maybe you could or would. Like for instance, I, I used to play these, these like NES, SNES, Mega Drive, fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games religiously because I mm-hmm. used to love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And as a game, two passions mushed into one. I saw this Carbunga collection. And I was like, so? Okay, so that's pretty telling for me if you, if you were kind of blasé about it. I just think, especially, you know what, especially with a new, uh, like what's it called, Treader's Revenge or whatever, the, the new, like, beat-em-up that they've come out with, the retro one that's going to come out this year. Mm. Um, like, you're scratching that itch that potentially I have. I don't need to go back and play, like, bad playing games by today's standards to be okay with this. But like you know, it's like it, it's. I, I'm also probably being too harsh. It's nice to have this collection as one kind of thing if you want it, and you don't have to emulate it. Fine, sure, you know, yeah. But it, that that's all it is. It's just like fine. No, fine. I, I, you know what? Like I, I do actually get what you mean. I I kind of wondered for a moment there if the case if there would be nostalgia enough nostalgia in certain pockets and for certain individuals to justify this. But at the same time, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um. Tell you what, though, the next one. Well, is, yeah, it's maybe one one of two that I was most interested in. Maybe or one, one of three potentially. It didn't have a it didn't have a great trailer. It was a trailer that yeah. um, was, uh, from what I remember, it just had music. For example, there was no sound effects of it. Very strange, but basically, it, it, very Japanese. Do you know Japanese developers love doing that, especially Square yeah. Enix, where they just remove all sound effects. Yeah, do you remember those that those weird uh, Kingdom Hearts trailers at E three one year that just yeah. felt like it was like they had a missing channel. It's like, yeah. hang on a second, what's going on? Uh, oh, but do you yeah, remember group- the trailer for The Mummy where it was just the sound effects? Oh, yeah, like the that Foley, was great. The Foley mix. That was great. <laughs> just Tom Cruise's, like, fucking like, scream double shouting. Yeah, and breathing. and <laughs> I bet you like that part. How, how about- oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That was, yeah. That was on loop. It turns out a, um, a set of developers who clearly really liked those old Godzilla games they used to make set out to answer the question, how do you make one of those games without the Godzilla license? And the answer is you just call it Gigabash, apparently, <laughs> which is a kaiju brawler. Um, and for anyone that has never seen or played one of those games, it's like, as the name would, as the kaiju brawler tag would suggest, <laughs> it's almost like a, it's a, it's a, it's like a big sort of like fighting game where you play as gigantic characters set amongst a usually urban backdrop where skyscrapers are falling down and destruction <laughs> and mayhem yeah. um, run amok as you throw each other around as big monsters. It just looks and like And breathe man. fire out of your breath and lasers yeah. out of your breath. But th- didn't, didn't you get kind of like Kaiju Brawler meets Smash Bros? Yes, exactly. It was like, and, okay. And that's but, why like, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yes, yeah, that's absolutely the pitch I got. It's like, hey, we can, part- we can simplify and party gamify that sort of like Godzilla-like Kaiju Brawler um, you know, subgenre of games. And like, yeah, fair play to them. That's there's absolutely a gap for that. Yeah. Um, and then a, a slightly different style of fighting game, but one that again, sometimes Twitter is my only way of gauging how excited people actually are for things. <laughs> and from what I gather, whether it's this game or just the license it's attached to, sometimes people do get excited for things that I know nothing about. Uh, such was the case with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R. Which was yeah. um, apparently it's apparently a remake of a fighting game from 2013, which has the exact same name but without the R. So presumably the R stands for remake. Just you know, I'm doing some basic math there. I might Fair be enough. wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, JoJo's, Are you a JoJo's guy. No, 
like I, I've heard from a lot of people that it's like really, really good. I, it just, I don't know. I've just never really, not that I've given it the chance, but it's just never really kind of like intrigued me. The only thing that kind of gets me with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is that's where the, you know, the little music riff and then oh, the yeah. to be continued comes on. They, they slipped I, that in at the end, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I fucking love, yeah, but they didn't have the, the song that goes with it, which is fucking True. iconic. Um, but I love that. Like there's a, there's a, um, a Twitter thing that I follow called to be continued. And it's like, you know, the, you know, like perfectly cut screams and stuff like that. It's yes, like taking a video yes. clip. And there's going to be a point of disaster. And just as the point of disaster is about to happen, it just cuts to that. It is good. You know, it is good. It's like, oh, so fucking good. And I can't get enough of them. So, you know what? If the fighting game is anything like that, cool. I'm not going to play if it. If someone has like a finisher or a special move that works that trope in, then maybe Chris will buy it. <laughs> and like, hey, do you know what? Like, I wasn't particularly sold on the art style this was going for. Um, but. It said it has 50 characters, and presumably because they're all from a much-loved anime, that will mean a lot to a lot of people. So, well, Do you know how you know that it's... Like, just the fact that it's a remake of a 2013 fighting game instead of just outright making a new one, <laughs> it kind of... You know, the, the cynic in me says, that's cash grab. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree, but... <laughs> Hey, we'll see. If they do a good enough job and people get what they want out of it, then I'm happy for them. It's not for me, but, you know, let, let's, let's see what happens. Um, yeah. I will say, though, that I was a little bit uh, happier moving on because there were two things back-to-back that were a little bit for me. One of them that I think we're both potentially pretty excited about, assuming it's executed as well as it looks on paper, yeah. is uh, Trek to Yomi, which is the black-and-white sort of looks like a sort of side scrolling with a bit of a 2.5D 3D kind of mo- like yeah uh, like what would you even call that genre it's almost like inside it, it, well i mean yeah it it's a it's a 2.5D with a sort of through i don't yeah i don't even know how yeah, to it's a side it's a side scroller but i guess because it has a far more uh, greater emphasis on combat than say like limbo or inside it then almost becomes more akin to like a beat em up game or a sword em up. You know, in the in, in the kind of up. the classical sense. In that you probably are like moving more or less left to right or sometimes yeah, yeah. forward and backwards and just sort of slashing people. Um Yeah. I, I think man, this was the cool one look. from the entire state of play that I was like, yes. Yeah, that, sure. I, I am going to buy this or I'm gonna wait for it to come out on Game Pass. Yeah. Amazing look, like really kind of honing in on what Ghost of Tsushima hinted at, well, yeah. but while Ghost of Tsushima had the kind of went that sort of like bright color, really popping look, this has gone for that. No, the whole the fucking thing is Kurosawa ass black and yeah. white cinematography, um, and a lot of those classic um, old school Japanese samurai movie sort of tropes thrown in there, like yeah. really exaggerated blood and gore effects, um, which yeah, are like crash fun zooms to see. and shit. Yeah, it it looks so good, dude. Like I, I think regardless of what the game comes out as, and, and it's almost like what you what you saw with Sifu, is it's obvious that the people making it have this like supreme reverence and love for that kind of source material. Yeah. And in the case of Sifu, it really fucking worked out, and I hope that it really works out with Trek to Yomi. I agree. I agree. No, I'm looking forward to this. The only thing that I think was a little bit odd about this specific trailer, not necessarily the game itself, 
is that obviously this was seemed to be some more of a story trailer, and part of that was introducing the cast and the <laughs> actors and actresses, performers who were playing each character. And it is very strange to watch essentially like almost like a credit or a cast sequence rollout and you don't recognize a single fucking name. <laughs> yeah, you're, just mean, like, you're meant to okay. be like, oh, yeah. This is probably good. Um, cool. And, nice. and it's probably like really famous names, but we just have no fucking idea. Yeah, exactly. That's me being out of touch, not the game. So, um, <laughs> But if anything, that makes them look like they're more kind of tuned into exactly what they're going for, which I respect in and of itself, right? So yeah, yeah exactly. that's rad. Um, also, Rad was uh, the next thing was uh, that was shown, which is a new update for Returnal, which was a game yeah. I didn't think would get um, an update with at least not this much new content all at once. It's called the Ascension Update, and it's going to bring campaign co-op to the game and a new sort of survival mode based on one of these sort of that never-ending tower motif. Um, yeah. Which, hey, that part of it sounds fucking gruel- grueling and brutal in a way that I don't particularly want to engage with because Returnal kicked the shit out of me back in the day. But <laughs> yeah, co-op, but co-op Returnal, though, Jamie. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's kind of like what I, what I said about Elden Ring's co-op when we talked about it before the game came out, which is like, if it's handled the right way and you know everything feels well-balanced and, and they don't try and find weird ways of pigeonholing the way you actually access the co-op and its yeah. limiting factors, and if it's just like a natural extension of the experience, then I'm so down for that. Because Returnal was a great game, um, and I think it could be thoroughly enjoyed with two people. Yeah. Um, I just hope they do it justice. Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, I forget the devs. What are they? Um... Oh, Housemark. Housemark. So they they confirmed that they weren't going, not that they weren't going back to Returnal, but that their next project was a new IP. Yes. So to hear that they've doing this big fucking update as as a free patch, because I'll be honest, with the trailer and everything that they showed there, it looked like a fucking sequel. There's, there, there was a cool amount of content, not necessarily in terms of like enemy types, but certainly a few sort of environmental things that I felt like I hadn't seen before, having played, um, having played the game through just the one time. Um, yeah. But then that was also the weird thing about Returnal, which is that like it is in theory still, it's, it's always uh, procedurally generated, right? And one of the weird things about the way that game works, at least for me and the way I engage with it, is that, I saw the early stages of that game far, far, far more than I saw the <laughs> end stages. So there yeah. might, there may still be like weird layouts or you know things that I haven't seen from later biomes that you know could look new to me. But there was some stuff in there that felt fresh, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked cool, more eternal, and I know a lot of people really liked it. Sure. Yes, exactly. And then Chris, we kind of get on to, I guess, what was in theory designed to be the big sort of one-two punch to wrap up the stream and end things. And I think the extent to which either the one or the two landed kind of depends on the individual and how much uh, reverence they've got for previous games, let's say, in the back catalogue of, you guessed it, Square Enix. Yeah, exactly. So they were like two Square Enix games. And I was like, okay, you know, this is their one last thing moment. This is their showstopper, literally. And I was expecting Final Fantasy 16. I'm not gonna lie, I was like, I a thousand percent was as well. I, I I mentioned to you like I fully expected to see Final Fantasy 16, and as their one more thing teaser, I was expecting like, even if it was just like a, a voice line and a fucking logo, I was expecting uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake part two. You know, see, that, as, that would have been their great. Two things it, that those two things would have completely transformed this state of play and made it yeah. Yeah. mega. 
in fact, and I, I'm, I'm with you, I was so convinced that at least Final Fantasy 16 was going to show up that when the second of the two games we're going to talk about was being shown, I had a moment where I was like, have they changed the art style for Final Fantasy yeah, I, 16? I did the exact same thing, yeah. Um, yeah, but hey, instead of the uh, speculation on what we could have <laughs> or maybe even should have got, let's talk about what we did get because they first the, the up... The grim reality. Yeah, well, I mean, it, again, yeah, sort of like... You know, mileage will vary from individual to individual because, hey, someone with a lot of passion or reverence for old sort of uh, tactics games and Chronicles games in the past might get something out of the new strategy RPG that Square debuted called the Dio Field Chronicle or Dio Field Chronicle. Again, apologies if pronunciation is off hey, there. At least they didn't call it Project Dio Field Chronicle. I mean, it did, it, it did give off sort of like triangle strategy and octopath traveler vibes in the sort of like there's this weird cartoony animated story narrative layer with really over the top english voice acting and there's this strange i don't know it's like if octopath and triangle strategy are like the 2d hd thing or hd 2d this is like the 4k 2d thing where it's like (laughs) some of these elements look really good but you're also still weirdly attached to some not so good looking elements but it's on purpose yeah. And also can, you can, got rid of the grid. Yeah, you got rid of the grid. Can, can I give you my hot take on this? Yes. Well, it's not really a hot take, but just my, my kind of like feeling on this. I I loved what I saw in terms of the gameplay. Yeah. I hated what I saw in terms of story and like said those like English accents and, and just being like. What is it with those voices? But also just like completely serious about it. And and it's almost, it, it's, it's what put me off of, um, Triangle strategy, right? Yeah. Where I, I played that first demo. Fair, I should probably go play. I believe this is the second demo. I should see how it's kind of changed. But it's almost like there's there's a there's a disconnect from like what used to make these kinds of games cool. And may, maybe it's the difference between like having text on screen and then just voice acting where like, you know, if it's text on screen, you kind of put your own inflection on it. And you're like, oh, this is a jokey or this is that. But then when it's on this, it's like fucking... Every line is do or die, death, my leash, you know, like, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. And it's not, it's not bad voice acting. It's just, it feels like bad, it feels like bad voice acting direction is what it feels like to me. And maybe that's harsh, but. Or just out of place. Or maybe it's just like, it's just like, I don't know, man. I I hope I'm wrong because like the the game systems in this, as long as they don't like overcomplicate it, which is another issue that I had with Triangle Strategy, Mm -hmm. as long as they don't overcomplicate it and it's like, accessible and nice and fun with a layer of depth that you could get into if you wanted to scratch beyond the surface then that's cool but what it came across to me is like no you need a phd for this game and it's going to bore the shit out of you and you're going to fall asleep before you get into an actual battle that's the kind of feeling i got and that made me really sad because maybe when i was much younger and had more time for games i would have been all over this but i think i'm just becoming more old and more cynical as i go on and it's just like I mean, I, I, I don't think you're necessarily to blame with that. It's, it's exactly what we're saying about fucking the Team Mutant Ninja Turtles collection, which is that, like, hey, you have to be honest with yourself when you sit down for these trailers, and if they don't grab you, then that can't necessarily be on you. Like, whether yeah. that's because you've changed or they've changed, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's a, something's a missing connector somewhere in the middle. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't even have nostalgia for these kind of, like, uh, tactics games to begin with. So I was watching this and just, like, I, I do not care. <laughs> I, again, there's no polite way of saying it. I did not care. Um, 
and what's weird about that is that in theory I should have cared a little bit more about the final game that they showed and the final game of the state of play itself. And again, I found myself really struggling to muster the energy to give a shit. Um, the final game was an action RPG called Valkyrie Elysium. Um, and well, I which just apparently thought, is like a, a... There was a previous Valkyrie game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which I think I, like, was a PS2 era or something? Yeah, uh, that sounds about right, but I'm not 100% sure. I always thought that Valkyrie was just a Tom Cruise movie, but apparently I was wrong. Um, it's, good, it's a good Tom Cruise movie. It's actually it's a t- decent Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> hey, we brought up Nazis again. Who'd have thought? Um, <laughs> it's full circle, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's, that, that's how you know you've come to the end of the video. Super Show 101 right there, baby. Um, yeah, this was, again, like in theory, I'm far more in tune to potentially uh, playing an action RPG as opposed to a strategy yeah. RPG. But there was something about this, whether it was, again, I, I thought some of the combat combat looked sufficient, some of the animations looked yeah. strong, and like that stuff looked engaging. But there was nothing about the character design, nothing about the environment design, nothing about the hints of narrative hooks yeah. that might be present. That like interesting. Did you feel it was all. a bit sterile? Yeah, like I, 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 I just did. Like, like the, the, there's always this weird thing. Like when I'm looking at trailers for games that I know in theory aren't my cup of tea, and it, it would be, it would have been the exact same case if Final Fantasy 16 had shown up, right? Because yeah. I'm on record as like I have played. Bits of Final Fantasy X, I've played Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I, ha- I obviously, because I was in- interested in or covering games at various points, I've seen lots of things of, I've seen lots of Final Fantasies 13, 14, and 15, but I'm not a Final Fantasy guy. Yet if yeah. a 16 trailer showed up, I'd have been able to sort of like wrap my head around it and sort of put myself in that position and get engaged by, by or excited by some of the elements that were on display. And I tried to do that with this, and nothing stuck. And yeah. yeah, maybe it was the sterile nature of it, as you said, but there was just, there was nothing for me to latch onto here at all. You know what it was, um, Jamie? Just not enough particle effects. There were particle effects, but not enough. You know, I, I, that's the thing. I, I again, like if if no one's doing Zumba, if no one's got the if like <laughs> if this fucking chick got the balance board out and was doing a few more fucking doing a bit more parkour between it all, then maybe I'm on board. But like I'm the, pulling the trailer up now as we're talking to remind myself. And like, yeah, yeah like, I, it's not even that the art style is necessarily that bad. That kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like, it's, it's sort of a cross between the, you know, uh, what you think, a, a, a sort of it's standard. Just, it, just, it just looked a bit flat and kind of desaturated, right? There's a definitely a desaturated thing going on. It's almost got the, um, like, what was the, RP, the RPG that came out towards the end of last year that was actually um, pretty well received? Um, it reviewed well. It was. Um, it was an, a Tales game, a right? Tales of Arise. Tales of Arise, yeah. Yeah, it, like that. It's like, it's like that, but it doesn't look as good. It's not as yeah, colourful. It doesn't, doesn't pop. It doesn't um, pop in nearly the same way. I, I wonder, okay, so when I was watching this, I started to get very, like, as it was, before it was revealed what it actually was, they were just showing random odd gameplay and some story beats. Hmm. Um, I, it kind of, and, and it's odd, right, because it's a different developer. But I was so confused because I was like, "Is this a is this a near game?" Yeah, and, and I was I genuinely was like getting super confused. It's like because near is not Square Enix; it, it, it's Platinum, right? And and like I was just like, "Is this a near game?" But like it looks weird for a near game. I I didn't know because like near Automata had that kind of like flat, desaturated, desaturated. flat look, right? And yes, I was like, exactly, "Oh, yeah. right, okay." It's like it, this is maybe a near game. No, 
uh, Valkyrie Elysium. There, there you go. Who the fuck yeah. knew? And no, that's he, what they ended the fucking show on. Exactly. And like even with Nier, like I think Nier's combat looks much, much better and much more engaging yeah. and much more varied than anything they showed for, for Valkyrie Elysium. And you've also, and whether this you know, is presented well in trailers has varied over the years, but with Nier, you've also got that promise of like one of the most engaging narrative hooks in like in of any video game. And yet with this, I was watching it and it was the exact same shit with the 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 tactics game before where I'm seeing these characters, I'm listening to that slightly exaggerated dialogue, I'm listening to that weird, slightly wonky voice acting. Again, <laughs> no no disrespect to the actual voice actors. And I'm 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 waiting for the thing that makes me interested or that makes me want to step into the shoes of this chick or kill these slightly generic looking knight characters or yeah. interested about who this character that shows up at the very end is but it just did not happen. Oh, dude, that character at the very end was really weird because that was almost like, that was like the reveal, right? It's like, hey, here's the trailer. Here's the, um, the logo. Oh, but hold on, there's one more thing. This is, this is going to blow you away. You know, the, it, it's almost like, it's, it's Johnny Silverhand, right, at this point. It's like, oh, fuck, they got Keanu Reeves. It's Johnny Silverhand, this is fucking insane. And it's just like, it, it's, it's a chicken black yeah. armor. We didn't talk about it, but Exo Primal did that as well, where it like cuts back to the trailer and it's like first person perspective as someone sat at a desk and someone walks in to sit down opposite them and the trailer cuts just before their head enters frame. It's like, yeah. well, that means no. I don't know who it is. Yeah. Like, it's going to be like Dante or something. Yeah, literally just some other random. Because that's probably what they'll do with Exo Primal is fucking every single Capcom character ever create. Like, Beautiful Joe's going to be killing Velociraptors by the end of that game's life cycle. <laughs> I mean, and we're going to be paying $20 missed... for the right. Yeah, if they if they don't, they've missed the trick there. But yeah, yeah exactly. it was just kind of like, ah, uh, dude, it was like... I think the problem with the Valkyrie trailer was like, sometimes when you, release, you show off a trailer for the first time, for a game for the first time, it's you do one of two things. You go heavy on the story and set up... It's like you said, like, why should I care? And it's like, this is a cool story and this is why it's cool and this is what it's going to get into and blah, blah, blah. Or you do the opposite and you just show off the fucking really, really cool gameplay in a way that's going to make someone like fucking water at the mouth saying, I need to get my hands on this game. And it didn't achieve in either respect. It's almost like they didn't know what they wanted to do with this trailer or achieve with this trailer. It's just like, just do a bit of like generic gameplay and a bit of generic story with a fucking you know, a, a curtain reveal at the end, but the curtain reveal doesn't mean anything because no one knows what the fucking what's going on. Right, yeah. A, a bizarre trailer in its own right, and bizarre to have that as your showstopper. Yeah. JoJo's bizarre state of play, some might say. <laughs> All-star like, battle are. More like state of decay the way they've been fucking going lately. Ooh, shots fired. Um, a question then, just to uh, as to put a, a bow on the th- on the mm. state of play uh, discourse. I get, I'm just going to keep using that word. I love it. Discourse, now. yeah. Um, do you think we get another stream of any significance before the summer, like maybe something in April or May, or do you think now people sort of start to wait until E3 or even yeah. early E3 season opens up? I, I think we getting into this section, we kind of like hinted at it, saying that you know it seemed a bit strange. The rumors that Western developers were meant uh, Western developers were meant to be in this, but then they potentially would have pulled out because of what's happening in Ukraine. But also the the strange timing with like, yeah, Arkham Knights getting a, a release date drop via mm. a, a tweet. You know, you know, like they, they, it definitely feels like something was there. 
Um, and even at the end of this state of play, they were like, oh, you'll hear from us very soon. For and yeah. I don't know if it's just because I was, I was left wanting more, but it seemed to me like they'd never done that before. Where they're like, oh, we'll be back very soon. Uh, it, it, like, obviously, they're like, oh, you know, catch us for another state of play at some point. But this one just kind of felt like they're saying, like, boys, girls, you know, soon. T- soon TM. That's what we're going to get. And I, I kind of believe it. I don't think that we go into Q2 or deep into Q2 without fucking knowing what's coming up, man. Like, especially you think of, like, fucking PS5, man. Like, yeah. You, you, you think of the latter half of PS4 and it's all exclusives, all exclusives, all exclusives. And now it's like, by the way, the other thing about all, pretty much all of these games, except for maybe the Returnal thing, is they're all going to be coming to PC. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Judges Bizarre Adventure. I, I don't know. But like yeah, I don't, a I lot don't of these either. games, a lot of these games are going to be coming to PC that they're not exclusives. Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. Like, what, what, what is this? What, what's the point then? Yeah. No, you know, I, in, I get you. Unless there's contractual contractual obligations with Square Enix, whatever it might be, which fine, fair enough. That's and that's what you kind of theorized. This is this was and why it existed in the form it yeah. did. And, it's uh, yeah, like, and also what, like things like with Ghostwire and uh, fucking uh, Stranger of Paradise, literally out in this month. It was like, no, we need to get these trailers out. Like, yeah. we've got to, yeah. But but they could have, you know, like fucking more so than ever. Everyone is online. Everything's announced online. You don't need to have a state of like. It, it's funny. We we almost said like, there's no need for E3 when you've got state of plays, Nintendo Directs, etc. And and I I almost feel like we quicker than I thought we would. We're going into the next iteration of it of saying like, you don't need these fucking showcase things. Mm. You you don't like people are on the ball and absorbed enough in in their online lives that you drop a trailer on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and it'll do the rounds. Like, you don't need to hype up these things anymore like this. Like, they're still yeah. doing it, obviously. But I, I, I think, like, making the case for getting, producing all of this to come out at the same time and try and stay secret about shit, it becomes less and less of a case to do it this way as we go ahead. And then it's probably just going to be like, hey, when it's ready, we'll fucking announce it on its own fucking thing. True. Worse for Rockstar, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, so, oh, well, sorry, what's that? A street? No, it's fine. We'll just tweet. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just tweet. Don't worry about yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that new version of GTA 5. Oh, yeah, it's out like, I don't know, two weeks. How much does yeah. it cost? Oh, I don't know. We'll let you go know later. Go we'll buy it yeah. anyway. Go, go suck your mom. <laughs> just so blase about it. You've got to respect it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, it's weird. It is weird. Um, but then that state of play was weird, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there were plenty of uh, hot takes in there as, uh, for as much as <laughs> I hope most people agreed that it was a, that nothing else strange. Yeah. I'm sure there are still going to be plenty of impassioned comments. Someone in this community is oh. going to like really, really care about Valkyrie, Elysium, or the Diofield Chronicle. The, so. this, is, this is the thing, Jamie. Like, th- there was a time when in my life when I was younger where Square Enix would release something and it didn't matter what it was, I'd be into it. And I'm sure there are still people there. And I think if you're that type of person, then you saw this state of play, you'd you'd be super happy about what you saw. 
mm. you know, and, and it does make me feel bad. It does make me feel very cynical about life and gaming and stuff coming from, from the East, but it is what it is. What I did say to you on, on our WhatsApp chat after the thing is kind of like Sony's in a really awkward position now because their next state of play needs, needs to bring the heat, right? They, they've kind of like, they've set themselves up for a big fall. And unless they get something where it's like, hey, the next state of play is like God of War with a release date and Final Fantasy 16 and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, it, they got to do something. Because, you know, e- even the state of play prior to this was like, I think it was one of the better ones, but it wasn't amazing. Yeah. No, you're right. And the other thing, weird thing is that I know, like, it's a little bit sort of old-fashioned to compare them directly, but it does also weirdly play into the hands of Microsoft, who, of course, elected to not have their sort of state of play on Nintendo Direct equivalent streams. They get to save all their cards up for summer, where they get to come out in one big stream and be like, hey, remember Starfield? Remember, <laughs> remember Fable? Remember, like, like and, and, and so on and so forth, like, everything they've got, including, of course, now everything Bethesda and everything, well, maybe not quite everything Activision, but uh, we'll yeah. see. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that's going to be an interesting uh, sort of reversal around summer. By the way, yeah. if I've like looked like weirdly like panicked or uncertain like in the last <laughs> 60 did. seconds, like I started hearing an, like a noise like coming from like beneath my desk and like I'm now convinced that there's like a, a mouse or something like under my feet and I'm like really nervous. <laughs> What do you think's gonna happen? He's gonna eat your face. No, I just, I just don't want a mouse to scare the shit out of me when I'm recording a podcast because uh, <laughs> I don't like mice. Um, for anyone wondering, wow, at all. Um, but I do like ending podcasts. Oh. So, <laughs> so how about we? Depending do that? on how long we've been recording, it's possibly my favorite moment. <laughs> well, how does it? How's it? How's a moment take you at this point? I, you know, what? it just feels right, Jamie. On the if whole. It, it just feels right. If it feels right on the whole, then I reckon maybe we bring all this to a close. Is there a mouse down there? <laughs> Is there a mouse down there? Surely not. Like it would, it would have legged it by now. Oh my just, god! Just put some cheese out. No, that is not happening. That is not happening. Anyway, um, thank you all so much for watching and or listening. I apologise to end it on such a rodenty note. Um, but hopefully it was a fun ride. You came along with us, and if you made it this far, then we must have been doing something right. Or, on the flip side, doing something so wrong that you just couldn't pull yourself away from it. Well, hey, Jamie, let's wait until next week when I check the analytics and we see how many subscribers we've lost, okay? Yeah, exactly. Those uh, that, that plus two from earlier have immediately gone, and we're just <laughs> we're back on the uh, the landslide. Um, but yeah, thank you, Chris, uh, for joining me. and for Thank, thank you for hosting, Jamie. For games. I, oh, it's my pleasure. I, I love it when you, you host or when Jonesy hosts. Because you get to sit back, put your feet up. Yeah, I mean, I'm still like very active, right? Like I'm always kind oh, of sorry, you know that, that that wasn't a su- suggestion that you you know you take your foot off the gas when you're not hosting. But it, you know, you don't need to think about flow or or, yeah. or timings, or maybe you do because you know I'm bad at it. It's a different kind of pressure, right? Right, exactly. Hosting, yes. so it, it's it's like you know it, it's more chill on this side of the hosting oh. duty. As 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 uh, illustrated by the first ten to fifteen seconds of this exact podcast. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, let's bring it all to a close. Again, thank you all so much for watching and or listening. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, maybe like the video, leave a comment down below. We do, of course, mm. pick out a comment of the week every single episode, and it could be your chance to fill that slot this time next week 
if you leave a hot, spicy comment and let us know, I don't know, what you thought about the state of play or what you think about us. Evaluate us mm. and our personalities, our senses of humour, whether or not you think we're interesting people. Let us know. I don't actually want to read like that harsher criticism of my character, but I also I, I, I'd, be, I'd be interested, but, you know, be, be kind. It, uh, this is not like a r slash roast me, you know. Oh, but uh, what if it was? Ooh, what if it was? What if that was a, effectively our code word was like treat this as like a, an open invitation to roast us, but also be nice. Like don't actually make us want to kill ourselves. Oh, so it's like a um, a gentle roast, like a slow oh, a, ge- a gen a gentle roast. Yeah, r slash gentle roast. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, gentle roast us, please. Yeah, I feel like um, I've got to get a Starbucks now or something. May, hey. So yeah, slow roast us. Um, you can do that if you're on YouTube. There's a comment section right there. If you're on audio platforms <laughs> like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, podcasts, you can't roast us directly from there. But you could technically roast us with a rating. That said, I'm going to say don't do that because we need positive ratings where possible, five hey, star reviews yeah. to help us float our way through the SEO of the way that podcast platforms work. I guess you, I don't know. You can- you can also tweet us, much like much like Leo J. Merger, you might have heard his name before, did five days ago saying premium content from premium people. What I like to hear. That's yeah. a positive comment filled with positive feelings. I, it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel good about myself. Thank you, Leo. Um, <laughs> uh, Patreon.com forward slash super show. That's where you can go to donate mon- money Jamie, to us. you are struggling so much. Just say thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.